It's good to feel needed, Beth. What makes you feel that way, dude? <laughs> I guess you didn't tune in for any of the man show yesterday. Well, you know, I planned on tuning in a little bit, and then I said, do I need this today? Oh, I don't think so. By. I told you I would have stopped by if uh, it had been in closer by, but then... I did hear rumor that there were there were several naked women and that there's going to be some kind of interview of a vagina and so I thought yeah I'm gonna not swing by. Mm. Oh, that was that was a moment. I, I tuned in for that. I heard there was not one one other woman aside from strippers there all day anyway, right? No, there was Zalman brought a woman there. So one Everybody other just one. Yeah. <laughs> I tell you, I tuned in for the interview with the vagina. Wow. Wow. To quote Klepto Kyle, you could hear crickets chirping. <laughs> <laughs> Beth, you were going to be so impressed when, when you hear what the boys were up to yesterday. I can't wait. Just promise me you won't quit the show because... <laughs> Because it really, I don't think, reflects on you in any fashion. Was it that bad? I'm glad I didn't tune in, though. I think I made a wise decision. You know, there's good bad and there's bad bad. Kalen said to me last night, because I guess he had the strength to tune in, do you want me to tell you about any of it? And I said, no, I'll wait to hear it tomorrow. <laughs> I mean, I don't know when is the proper time to tell you about the interview with the vagina. <laughs> it's the only part I heard. Actually, I heard uh, I heard a, a stripper getting her belly button pierced as well. That's pretty tame though, right? Yeah, yeah no, that was that was tame. Nick, um, did you get any tattoos? No, but I did find a cool design at the end of the day before we left. So you can think about it. So then. I'm thinking about it. Yeah. So now he's going to hold on to this design. What, what might it be? Care to share I don't as a design like, or an object or it's what? It's Pacific Northwest art. It's like <laughs> Native Alaskan art. It's pretty cool, though. Huh. That's kind of cool. How does that hit? How does that fit in with your uh, Hindu beliefs? <laughs> I don't know. I, I what do we got? A Buddhist or a yeah, Hindu? I'm, I'm a Buddhist. I gotta check that out. <laughs> yeah, because you wouldn't want to. You wouldn't want to compromise yourself. Of course not. Remember, no. remember uh, uh, Dave? What was Dave's name again? The guy from the guy from Disturbed, you know, he's uh, being of Jewish faith. He could have no um, tattoos. Mm -hmm. Goes against their religion. He explained that to us. So we'll tell you about when we spoke to him as well, because we had a busy weekend. Much to talk about. I'm, I'm just dying to see Beth's reaction on. I gotta, I gotta hold it. <laughs> I'm gonna have to hold it to seven or eight o'clock because that intuitive China was something. To really, to just to really, just take a moment and take in. Could we replay it? Any chance for any tape on this thing, Darkside? Yeah. Unfortunately, um, no. <laughs> what happened? You destroyed the evidence? <laughs> no, somebody forgot to uh, hit record uh. until like about an hour left of the show, about nine o'clock. Oh. So yeah, that's yeah, gone. Well, maybe we get it reenacted since we have some of the criminals here who are responsible. <laughs> I think everybody, I think uh, all, all the players are here. Maybe we can have a little passion play done. I think Beth would get such, such a thrill out of it. Just one question. 
any of them. It was it was so entertaining. <laughs> it was, uh, I was laughing, but for all the wrong reasons, guys. Um, let's see. It's uh, the Dark Side Dave's song choice today. Mm-hmm. Feeling a little angry after yesterday's show, are we? Just a little bit. <laughs> <laughs> okay, it's D Snyder Radio, Radio 104. It's just one of those days where you don't want to get it. D Santa Radio is Radio 104. And there's a letter from Mike, the actuary from West Hartford, whose wife was at the man show with Zalman. Oh, okay. That was this guy's wife. He said it was, he said, uh, thanks for letting Nick and Darkside have a man show. They I'm sure people ign- must have liked it, right? Well, so far, I'm getting some very positive reactions to it. I'm in. I'm in four letters in, but they're positive. Well, one negative, four positive, but that's pretty good. It says I have to admit that the last two may have been a little over the top, but splitting the show between Best of and the Man Show was a great idea. Mike the Actuary from West Hartford. So I'm getting some good reactions to it. So uh, we'll see how we'll see how things go there. Look at the show today. Well, I'm gonna have to. There's a lot of mail here got to address i got to really find out more about this man show thing what happened uh maybe we get into that in in just a little bit um we got tickets to give away of course we're pounding out the rock cats tickets because next thursday we're going to the game these night radio night at the rock cats 300 strong gorilla and in to new britain stadium we're gonna have fun old school fun beth outdoors Mm -hmm. no electronics (laughs) <laughs> Baseball. You know, no no like no, no wires, no nothing. It's that's I mean this is the Ameri- I don't know if it's a, what is it called? America's game? I mean mm-hmm. it's just the game. You know? I mean it's just old school. Wooden bats, leather covered balls. Old school. <laughs> <laughs> Actually not much has changed. Uh we gotta talk about our weekends, of course. The big weekend we yes, you're saying, what the hell did you guys do? That you were all together, en route, in transit, to some destination, some mystery destination. Well, we'll fill you in on that a little later on in the show, of course. Uh, plenty of news. Let mm, do, 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 do. Okay, I'm looking here at stuff. And we got mail. We got Pat Denizio, the front man of Smithereens. They're performing at the Mohican Sun Casino tonight at 7 p.m. Seating. It's a free show, you said, right, Beth? Yeah. Yes, this here seating opens at 5.30, so I guess you want to get there early to secure yourself a really good seat. That's great. The Mohegan Sun does that from time to time, don't they? Yeah, they do. They have a lot like that. Yeah, and they have Joan Jett. Like, I don't know. There's a whole bunch of these free shows, which is really good. So we got plenty of things to do on the program today. Um, The Man Show. CJ writes, ah, the man show overcompensation at its finest. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, It can't wait. I mean, I mean, I I mean, I've got a lot of mail here to go through. As a matter of fact, you know what I'm thinking of. You know what I'm thinking about. Why don't we? um, Why don't we do this? I know it's maybe a little premature here, but because uh, I'm just getting all this man show reaction, I do want to talk about this. Maybe we'll take a break here. We'll get some commercials out of the way, and then we have we don't have a recap, so uh, I, we can uh, discuss it, and I can. 
tell Beth about the interview with the vagina. <laughs> okay. <laughs> I want to call you at home. <laughs> <laughs> but I didn't. <laughs> You'll know why Glenn was dying to tell you. Okay. That's the best. I don't know what else went on there, but that's just the best. It's, well, it's, it's kind of, as I've told people about it, they laugh. And I said, you know, it's funny because telling about it is funnier than it was. Yeah, it's I like think that it sounds like a funny sort of almost twisted Saturday Night Live skit that's concept. It. It's one of those Saturday Night Live skits that when you're watching it, it, it's no laughs and it's it's painfully bad. But then the next day when you're at the water cooler and you're you're saying, I can't believe what they did. And then you're um, laughing about it in retrospect. It's the five minute to one Saturday Night Live sketch. Oh, very much. I see. Except <laughs> prime time on our show. <laughs> well, I'm going to reserve my judgment until I hear about it. Okay. Well, um, okay. Then let's take a break. Come back. And then we'll tell you about it. And I'll talk a little bit about their uh the, the show yesterday okay stick around for more d center radio this is radio 104 Lockwood's got news coming up a little earlier today than usual. Should be good. I know some of you early morning listeners don't get a chance to be enlightened by the Beth Lockwood report. But today you will. But I have made my way through the uh, Man Show email. And at first I was, uh, was uh, kind of impressed. A lot of positive email. But then I saw a theme. They're all people who um, were either there or, or guys, you know, like uh, regular writers who um, know the guys personally. We really got very little reaction from anybody but them. So uh, it was, uh, but uh, well, well, Klepto said he had to turn the radio off. He says he is a confident heterosexual. He just said it was incredibly boring. Uh, but um, Genghis John. Well, he wrote, Nick actually interviewed a vagina on The Man Show 2, which marks the first time in history that a dick talked to a vagina live on the radio. <laughs> he said it was a pretty damn good show. <laughs> uh, let's see, Al Ass Cheeks, uh, key accounts coordinator, diving in here, saying in case you get a barrage of self-righteous mail against it, which we didn't actually, um, those guys put on a very entertaining show. Unfortunately, I couldn't make it down. Clark's brother, Griswold, you know, a hearty congratulations for a hell of a job. Look at this, accolades. Uh, Kathy in Bristol, she said she had to turn it off. <laughs> she <laughs> said, uh, I know you deserve time off every now and then, but leaving Nick in charge, I'm not, sh I'm not so sure that's such a good idea. Uh, it's Kathy in Bristol. Uh, Ignaps, uh, wanted to let you know that despite what you may have heard... <laughs> <laughs> it's like preemptive strikes. I actually didn't hear anything, uh, <laughs> except for my own ears. Naked Darkside conducted this year's show with class and decorum. Of course, that's only compared to the last two. Wait, when was the last one? 
the baby man show. And when was that? When uh, be that was November. <laughs> no, it was uh, some back November tenth or something like that. Somewhere around, because I noticed you were you were announcing it as the uh, second annual. That was the third. Show. It was the third, though, wasn't it? It was the third, but it was an annual thing now. <laughs> it was being announced as. I didn't know you signed off on that, G. <laughs> no, I didn't know I did either. The annual man show. I mean, not that I would necessarily say that's out of the question, but it's just sort of interesting how it just sort of became the, the annual. Welcome to the annual man show. Um, anyway, Ignap says, seriously, I think you should be proud of them. Everyone there at a good time, and nothing was done that could possibly get Nick suspended. Is that true? I think so. Yeah. <laughs> Mike from Berlin, who stopped by, thought it was great. He said you did a, all did a great job in my absence. The shrink. Now she found this funnier than I did, but I don't think she was. I think this is more of a laughing at it, not with it kind of thing. Or I don't know. It, Still a laugh. Well, oh yeah. No, she said um, I tuned in just in time to hear the interview with the vagina. A piece destined to be a D. Snyder Radio classic. I was laughing so hard, I was crying. What added to my amusement was that I was on my way for my year, to my yearly gynecological exam. How timely. I thank you and my vagina thanks you, signed the shrink. <laughs> uh, you know what, I mean, I mean, seriously, it would have been a... Beth, I would, I would have just loved to have just replayed just a piece of this thing for you. <laughs> I should have tuned in, but I was too scared. I can't believe you guys don't have any tape on this. Yeah, we can't either. Seriously. You guys didn't like destroy the evidence. No. No, we were disappointed. We were pissed. Oh, well, who forgot? Scoob forgot to press the button? Yeah, well, Sean gave the tape to him about 20 minutes before we were going on the air, and then when he double-checked with him later on, uh, Scuba had forgot. But Bummer. at the same time, you know, I, I got I to gotta thank him for being here to uh, board up and in the first place, because there was... Nah, I'm not going to beat him up. We've had, we've had other people forget to press the record button on an occasion. <laughs> uh, it happens, and Scuba works the nights, so he get down here that early in the morning, the guy had to be half asleep. Yeah. Which is sort of his standard state anyway, but, you know, but, uh, no, you can't beat him up. But it would have been great to have played some of that back and just, you know, analyze it a little bit. Um, Sona Woman says, uh, when are you guys going to get a woman show? She says there's discrimination on this program. I know we could probably come up with something to celebrate Beth's pending nuptials, a bachelorette party perhaps. Yeah. Well, Sona Woman, was this something that's already being discussed? It's already being discussed. That's still a couple months off, though, until an appropriate time for that. Uh, Michelle Z says the guys sure enjoyed the man show, especially Joe Rock, who got to lick mashed banana off a girl's stomach. Oh, that's nice. <laughs> old school. That's old school? <laughs> How'd you get the mashed banana on the girl's stomach in the first place? Sean mashed it all over her stomach, and then Joe Rock licked it off her. That's now, nice. what was the mashing yeah. supposed to represent? Man's inhumanity to man? Yeah. <laughs> Something like that, I guess. <laughs> yeah. Well, or... No, I mean, was, you see a chick with a hard body, and you think, hmm... I love the mash of banana on her stomach. <laughs> I don't know. It's just like, all right, 
lay down on the twister board and um <laughs> and i said sean go go mash up that banana and wipe it all over her and then i told joe rock to lick it off her and uh i think he had a good time you made it kind of a contest though he had 10 seconds to lick it off oh yeah, yeah. i i have gross i gotta tell you licking- i i suppose it's her job and she chooses to do it but i feel like that's degrading <laughs> you think? Is that just me? Am I floating alone out here? For her or women in general? I mean, take your pick. <laughs> yeah. You yes. think she's laying there? Think of thoughts running through her mind, going, "What the hell did I do?" She's an to enter- deserve this. She's an entertainer, though. That's what she does. <laughs> yeah. yeah, that's entertainment. <laughs> yeah, no kidding, no kidding. Yeah, Ethel Merman, I heard she did that. Back in the day, she was saying there's no business like show business <laughs> while somebody ate mush, uh, a mush grapefruit off of her thighs. <laughs> I don't even think of this crap. <laughs> Put a bana- mush banana on her stomach. Banana? Def <laughs> Leppard didn't sing, pour some mushed banana on me. Sugar. Yeah. Sugar, something sweeter, something more <laughs> sensual. Mush banana. That'd be fighting for vomiting. <laughs> oh my God. Hey, pour that pea baby food all over him. Mmm. That's good. Here's a negative one uh, from Tara. Today I was a little disappointed, to say the least. Uh, what does it say? Uh, the man show and the women who participate then provide to women in general. What bothered me was that when you and Beth are away, the remainder of the morning crew replace their obvious lack for the gift of gab by playing the sex card. <coughs> It was so boring and stupid that I wonder if the male listeners even liked it. The only good thing about you being away today is that it might show people how sucky radio can be when you're not on it. That works. I should refer to it as the little boy show. Beth, since they don't have tape... Yeah, why don't you tell me your recollections? I would like to reenact a portion of... Of the interview with the vagina. <laughs> yes, please. I tune in and I hear, we got our, our vagina is making her way here. <laughs> uh, she's uh, she's arrived, gentlemen. Please welcome our vagina. See, so far I'm laughing. So go okay, ahead. Okay, then it's the half-hearted. <laughs> okay, I've seen vagina. Now, um, Psycho Dan, he's a, an expert in, uh, tr- he speaks vagina oh, and he can translate what it says so i'll ask the questions to the vagina and he'll translate so um tell us vagina uh what's your favorite uh kind of uh of man of 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 what penis <laughs> this is the response beth <laughs> And then Psycho goes, well, she says that that the Mexican penis is spicy. The black penis is, what was the black penis again, guys? I can't remember what it was. And then the the white penis is a little bland. Oh, okay. So your favorite of them all is? Um, Vagina says that she prefers the black man's penis. Funny! <laughs> Very amusing. <laughs> See, I'm not, I'm not 
I'm not freaked out. So far, I'm thinking, yeah, it's lewd. It's sort of bass, and it's it's down there, but it's not it's not turning me off totally yet. Go ahead. Clapto Kyle was right. <laughs> there was I said, is there anybody in the room? There was nothing. No reaction was so. It it sounds it sounds funny in retrospect, but it was just laying there, and it went on. It was it went on. There was, was one question that was really over the top. I don't want to repeat it. Something about having to do with ejaculation, and there was some elements in there, wasn't there? Got kind of very uh, graphic at one point. I think he got graphic in one response, one of her responses, but we can't control what the vagina was oh, going to Come on. Yeah. <laughs> come on. Was, was this scripted? <laughs> no. <laughs> that was off the... Oh, I was going to say, because uh, I, I, that, that was impromptu? Yeah. All those responses? That was great. Yeah. That vagina. She spoke very highly of you, Nick. <laughs> 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 I don't know exact words or something like... <laughs> but uh, that, that's that's vaginese for uh, what a wonderful person Nick is. Uh, so um, that's the only part I got to hear. I also got to hear the belly button piercing. Now the belly button piercing. I guess uh, the piercer wanted to be in his environment, dark side, because it was like you, you were clearly in a separate room. Yeah, yeah. While she was being pierced. All the piercings and tattooing went on in, in another room that was pretty much sectioned off from all the peeps. That way it was still, because it's like a sterile environment type mm -hmm. thing. And, um, you know. These guys are professionals. Yeah, yeah. So he wanted to do it in his own in his own little space over there. So we brought the wireless mic over there. And, of course, we had her do it topless and in a G-string. But, um, of course. You know, just to you know, still add a little mm -hmm. bit of flavor. But yeah, he, he was separated. Now, Glenn said that maybe he was referring to the vagina interview, but he said there was one thing that was really, really over the top. Was, was that that wasn't that over the top? Or maybe we built it up too much for you? Mm. <laughs> you get upset maybe when Darkseid plays those noises, Beth. As a matter of fact, I think he's a... No, that's not the old one you used to play. Right. Right. Remember how upset you used to get? That was the response to every question. <laughs> I got you. <laughs> I wasn't articulating it properly. No, I knew what you meant. I knew what you meant. Okay. Yeah. Uh, so, I'm clear well, I on it, dark maybe, side. <laughs> yeah, dark side, you've been sparing her that one for a while. Well, it's sort of been used and played out. Now these guys, that one that works better. So what else went on? What other um, what other entertaining moments were there? I thought one of got pierced. Yeah, I thought. I mean, people were getting tattoos and getting pierced. The strippers were getting some cool. tattoos and stuff. But one of my favorite moments was. Uh, I think it was the first traffic report we did. Uh, it was lap dance traffic, uh -huh. and uh, Psycho read his traffic while he was doing, getting, uh, receiving a lap dance, and uh, it was really difficult for him to make it through that uh, traffic report. So well, I can see that. It was um, he got quite a lap dance. That was quite a scene while it was going on. I've, I haven't seen a lap dance like that before in my life. It was a good one. Mm -hmm. yeah. so lap dances usually involve not touching. Oh no, she I mean, was. She was. No, I'm not an expert, but I, but traditionally lap dances. Well, the are, guy are the, can't touching involved. The, the guy can't touch the female, but the female could like rub herself all over the guy's crotch if she wants, and that's what was happening. <laughs> <laughs> it was yeah, there awesome. were a number 
number of um, other you know, mentions. Of course, I didn't read entire letters, but uh, wondering if everything was okay in the Psycho Dan household. <laughs> I don't know, but... Um, I'm grounded for the time being. <laughs> <laughs> however, however, I have taken steps to make it up to my... Beautiful, wonderful, <laughs> never could be replaced girlfriend. Is this one of the ones? Is this one of the steps you're taking right now? Uh, when I actually hand the tape to her, that'll be one of the steps. Yes. <laughs> oh please, dark side. That's not being like whipped. That's. No, Beth, it's okay. I am fully whipped. I have no problem being whipped. I will always be whipped. I'll have tape of this for you later I'm on. I'm somebody's today. bitch. Yes, I am. <laughs> Another highlight. I heard you got a little when you yeah. got home too, Dark Side. Yeah, day. but I handled oh, myself like a man. <laughs> oh, jeez. No, she was like, "You guys are disgusting pigs." I can't believe you're doing that. I'm like, "Yeah, I agree with you 100. percent We're disgusting pigs. We're men." And he's like, "If Connor grows up to be like that, I said Connor's <laughs> gonna grow up to be like that because he's a freaking man." It's just the way men are. They they <laughs> drink beer and look at strippers. <laughs> then he farted in clear room. <laughs> End of discussion. Yeah, she's not she's not too happy with me. Not because of yesterday, but just overall. <laughs> overall. Yeah, I don't think she likes me anymore. <laughs> I can't imagine why. <laughs> You're every lady's dream. Yeah, I had a hell of a weekend. <laughs> what, what happened? Oh, man. She's just been jumping down my throat left and right like this past weekend. It's been getting bad. And yeah. I don't, I just, I'm telling you, I just don't think she likes me anymore. And then yesterday what set didn't it help. Off? I don't what know. Set it off? I think it's just me. <laughs> Finally. Go figure. <laughs> I don't know, man. I got to figure it out. I'll get to the bottom of it. Uh, maybe it's just the mood. I mean, have you been doing anything different? Um, no, you, you know what? I mean, of? no, not that I can think of. I've been acting oh, pretty Oh, that's civil. the problem. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> there you go. <laughs> uh, yeah, your charm's wearing thin, yeah, I think so. <laughs> so, okay, so Psycho Dan is trying to make things up to his girl because he got a serious lap dance during this, uh, <laughs> but against his will, of course. Well, you know, I've heard tell that a lot of times the pressure is put on for the lap dance, and it gets to a point where, I'm trying to help you out here, Psycho Dan, <laughs> that you almost have no choice but to succumb to the peer pressure. Well, he didn't have a choice because I told told her to give him one, you know, yeah. during the traffic, so he was just, you know, it, he was a marked man. But, uh, I think... <laughs> he was a marked there's, there's a mark on his trousers. I think Mudbone might have, I might have gotten Mudbone in trouble as well because we had the three strippers, uh, doing twisters and just a thong, uh, playing twister and just a thong with Mudbone. And, uh... Was Mudbone a thong? Yeah. <laughs> no, he wouldn't take his clothes off. We were trying to get him to shed some skin. Excuse but me while I whip this out. <laughs> he wouldn't do that. But it was so funny to see one of these girls' faces right in his crotch. Oh, my God. Yeah, that was good stuff. <laughs> what did Mudbone say? Yeah. How you doing? <laughs> hey, where are the white women at? <laughs> <laughs> He said, hi ever. Hi ever. Hi <laughs> <laughs> ever. He's been in trouble before, so I can't yeah. imagine this helped. No, oh. I don't think so. So now, Nick, you're the only, you're like, 
technically the only swinging dick there. Yeah, yeah, and you're the only one who didn't get in any kind of precarious situation? I was turned off by the strippers yesterday, to be honest oh. with you. So you sicked them on everybody else? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> well, there's one stripper that we used to have. Get him! Get him! <laughs> who was, there's a stripper who we had in uh, one of our man shows, our first man show and the baby man show, and I really liked her. And if she was there, I think she would have got me going. But these girls were just like, I get a give them credit for being there at 7 o'clock in the morning. I mean, they work all night and stuff. But they were just, you know... They weren't following my commands on... Boring! <laughs> Boring! I was like, get over there, take your clothes off, you're playing Naked Twister with Mudbone. And they're like, oh, alright. You know? <laughs> yeah, they definitely well, you think they're like, gonna be fired up? Well, they definitely like, it's their life's dream? Well, that's loose. what they do! That's their job! They're exotic dancers, as they say. They're supposed to exotic dance. That's what they get paid to do. <laughs> yeah. You told me it was uncomfortable as hell. Like every guy in the place was just staring at him. Oh yeah, they were just <laughs> looking. Yeah, I mean, do you like, think that's a treat? All these guys who this is the the most excitement they've had in the past fifteen years, just leering oh, at them. Well, there's they're the ones who chose that career path. It's not yeah, my it fault. was a one. I'm sure they tried everything else and said this is the best. Well, that's what they're doing. There are tons of jobs out there they could do. You that's know? true. Now I'm gonna put a gun to their head, but like I said, as you're laying there with the mush banana on your stomach <laughs> and Joe, uh, Joe Rock is licking it off, you got to be sitting there saying, where did I go wrong? Yeah. <laughs> I got to figure that that is at least running through your head once or twice. Uh, they go to a kindergarten and they, <laughs> 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 they, they say, what do you little boys and girls want to be? There's not one of us as an exotic dancer. (laughs) Not one. I mean, they were very friendly and stuff like that. But then I got turned off because one of the strippers' fiancés showed up like around 8 o'clock in the morning. I was just like, what's this guy doing here? Get him the hell out of here. You're working right now, you know? (laughs) He's not like sitting there right on the catwalk watching her while she's doing her thing, you know? I didn't want him staring over her while she's on the twister board with Mudbone. You know? So. Yeah, that's no good. That's tough, yeah. Yeah. That's no so good. What if it was her pimp? Would that be acceptable? That's acceptable. <laughs> <laughs> but, I mean, stripping and exotic dancing, it's, it's yes, it it is degrading in some kind of way, I guess. But that's what they chose <laughs> to do, you know? Yeah, yeah. no one's putting a gun to their head. No, that's true. So, no, you know, I... But I can't, I just can owners, see owners. that they also wouldn't be totally fired up to be at your party yesterday. <laughs> Well, well, I understand Nick's position, though. I mean, if that's what you're brought in to do, then uh, you should uh, be doing it. Yeah. And uh, they just weren't the party girls that Nick would hope for. But like I said, it could have been environment. could have been the time of day. You know, I mean, that's not the... I know, you know, as a, let's say, musical performer, which is quite different from exotic dancing. Yes, it is. But if you were to bring me into a place and say, 6 o'clock in the morning, okay, rock out with your cock out. Right. I would... Especially if I had been outperforming the night before, I'd be like, "You gotta be kidding me! You want you want you're expecting energy at this time of the morning? You're gonna get nothing." <laughs> yeah, it's just it's just tough to drag your ass there. I mean, you know, just trying to take it, see it from their perspective. Or how about us? If you bring us someplace at two a.m. after we've been up at four to do the, this show, we're not exactly going to be the most. Wow, he's much funnier in the morning. Because <laughs> yeah, I had a night's sleep. I'm asleep on my feet right here, right now. Too, uh, yeah. What are you kidding me? So I don't know. Maybe a little too hard on the girls, Nick. 
You're too demanding. Yes. Yeah. Uh, you know. You're like Alexei Hente. You're the demanding one. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but, oh no, we had a good time, and I gotta thank the the girls from the Gold's Club. They showed up on time and everything. So, thank you. You know. Well, it sounds like it was a successful day. Yes. Yeah, it was, you know, hey, we uh, we weren't here. Uh, had to fill it, filler. Uh, you know, you guys sound like you were having some fun, and uh, hopefully, you know, give it a couple weeks. Everybody's relationships will get back to normal <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> until the next man show. All right, we're gonna take a break, and we got to do some news. Ms. Lockwood, what do we got going on? Well, I'll tell you about. Speaking of strippers, Patrick Ewing has testified about his involvement with some at the gold club down in atlanta speaking of the gold club also if you can't get a girlfriend and you're a guy you might want to think about getting a pet they can be quite helpful bad news for dads who in getting a woman the uh bad news for dads who have smoked marijuana <laughs> sorry <laughs> hello dark side day <laughs> <laughs> um, also, if your kids play computer games, it may be actually good for them, at least for their brains, if not their waistlines. An extremely creepy story about a woman, her ear, and an insect. <coughs> if I had to read it, I'm going to make everybody else suffer through it as well. The knife thrower, you might remember, who had been looking for an assistant. Well, he's looking for another one. <laughs> I'll tell oh, you no. why. <laughs> um, also, Catherine Hepburn's still in the hospital, and... Bad news for Metallica fans. Dark Side Dave, this newscast doesn't look like it's good to you. Yeah, so far it sounds like it sucks. Yeah. <laughs> Ooh. Wow. <laughs> What's long? <laughs> I'm not going to say that joke. Uh, <laughs> hey, you know what? These on the radio is going to see the new Britain Rockcats. Thursday, August 2nd, we're headed over 300 strong to New Britain Stadium. Going to be sitting in Section 205. Take note of that if you're intending to buy tickets. We're going to watch the New Britain Rockcats duke it out with the New Haven Ravens. All right? And what we're doing in order to get all you guys uh, in, in line and ready to go is each morning we're giving away four packs of tickets. We've thought of clever names for them. Fun four packs, family four packs. Friendly four-packs, fellatio four-packs, whatever you want to call them, they're four-packs of tickets. And right now, if your call is number 10 and 11 to 860-666-4444, you'll each win a four-pack of tickets to the show. That's next Thursday night, August 2nd, D-Snyder Radio Night at the New Britain Rockcats. It's going to be a blast. Call now. You know what we need? Traffic update before we take a break. Psycho Dan, what's going on? Now back to D. Snyder Radio. Rudy and back to the old school. Whoa, 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 whoa. He's old and brittle. I think you're all right. Oh, well, that explains a lot. Radio 104. Hey, Dave from Bristol and Nate from Bristol both won four packs of tickets to D Snyder Radio Night at the Rockettes. Next Thursday, August 2nd, Section 203, was it, guys? Section 205, D. 205. 205, I stand corrected back here. Look, I've got a letter here from a guy who once says, D, my name is Kevin. I won the prize pack on Friday. I have to tell you, Psycho Dan was very nice on the phone. If you can give him a raise, he deserves it. Well, Nick, you tried to give him a raise on the man show, didn't you? 
<laughs> that was his bonus. Did he get one? <laughs> yeah, he got one. <laughs> yeah. uh, <laughs> um, let's see. What's going on? Oh, you know, this weekend, I know we've been teasing you, telling you we were up to something. Well, we'll tell you all about that in a little bit. But more importantly right now, I do have a couple uh, reactions to some stuff going on, you know, things mm -hmm. we've been talking about. And... Uh, this one here uh, says, subject, Nick's dogma hit by karma. <laughs> <laughs> D, I'm listening to the show on my way to work this morning. I had a hard time understanding exactly what form of Buddhism or any religion Nick practices. He talked about the Hindu view of reincarnation in the same breath as the Buddhist view of nirvana. Did he actually read anything about these religions before declaring himself Buddhist? <laughs> Nick, my advice to you is read, especially before you decide to adopt a religion, since not knowing what you believe makes you sound even more ignorant than you usually do. Half the time, I'm just talking out of my ass. Mystic right. Meg. And she actually explains where you're, the mistakes you're making. Do no, you know? I, I know or? exactly what I'm talking about. You're very inclusionary. I don't know what that means. You like to include a lot of different religions in your belief system. Oh, yeah, kind of mash them together yeah. a little bit. Yeah, but Hinduism is pretty close to Buddhism. And I know Buddhism, Buddhists practice or believe in uh, uh, a rebirth, a cycle of life until you hit that state of nirvana. And when you hit that Actually, state of nirvana, then you, you, know, you move on to the next level. Here it is. Buddhists believe that each incarnation is simply a step in the path to nirvana. Their goal is to live each life by eight vital truths, including honesty, humility, etc. Did Nick skip this chapter? Yeah, but those <laughs> steps are each life, which would be rebirth, you know? So, <laughs> not that nirvana dark side. And he said, that he, he said he knows that he's not there with the way he's been living this life. He knows that he has to go through yeah. a few more trials. I mean, I know I'm coming back. I hope I come back as a dog or something and not like, you know, I don't want to yeah, be but retarded he, or anything. Out, she says, Buddhists see the, it's the Hindus that have the... the the reincarnation version that you're talking about it says Hindus believe in the soul being reincarnated with the intent of living as good and honest a life as possible in order to break the cycle of misdeeds being visited on them in future incarnations. Okay, Buddhists have a much more loosely based definition of reincarnation. So maybe you're a Hindu. Yeah, that's what it came up on when we took those uh, beliefnet.com, those Did religion it? tests. Yeah. yeah, I was a Hindu, so maybe well, I am a Hindu. Yeah, I think you got to just make an adjustment there. It's, it's subtle. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I'll come in tomorrow with a dot on my forehead. <laughs> Big red dot. Bad. Is you're a woman? <laughs> oh, God. Oh, only the women do that? Oh, yeah, that's right. Yeah, yeah, yeah you don't but have you, to But again, that. you're very inclusionary. <laughs> that's right. And, uh, I think... I think the uh, a turban would really set off <laughs> not only your look, yeah. but it would also work well with kind in contrast to to Sean's new hairdo. Oh my Someone god! Someone set him on fire. Yeah, Sean cut his hair off his platinum. It looks like somebody just took a big bucket of yellow paint and poured it on his head. I'm trying to get used to it. I like him with shorter hair. Yeah, but it's a little shocking at first. 
Plus yeah. that with a new couple with a new nose ring that he's got. Yeah, do you it's see? It's a lot to take in. You don't understand what you're doing to the kid because he's all like fault line this, fault line that. I'm the front man. I'm the front man. And then he, you know, we went on the trip this weekend. He was influenced by some of the people that we met. I was thinking is that some of that wore off on him. Yeah, he looks like somebody's been down here with the ugly. <laughs> yeah, I heard. Uh, I heard that he was out skipping rope in the lobby. For <laughs> <laughs> yeah. <laughs> <laughs> inside people but you'll understand better later okay uh, i think now it is time for some news well experts say a bright streak across the sky from virginia to new york yesterday was probably a piece of burning space rock known as bolide some witnesses in pennsylvania even reported a thunderous sound of the object broke windows Broke wind, did you say? Windows. windows. Oh, windows. Oh, I I saw a news item on that. How big was this thing? Because they put a picture of this huge fireball in the sky. Well, some people thought that it was a UFO or a plane or something of that nature. So I guess it was quite visible. Yeah, bullseye is it called? Mm-hmm. <laughs> There's some now. <laughs> or the dark side break wind. Oh. <laughs> Another election controversy is brewing in Florida. The Palm Beach County election supervisor is requesting a state attorney's probe into just how a dog was registered to vote. The owner of Coco the Poodle says she's not the one who filled out the voter form in her dog's name. Uh-oh. Big brouhaha down there. Uh-oh, it's a mess. It's a mess down there, people. And, you know, the thing is that you can be damn sure that's not the only county... United States that's got crap like that going sure. on. Mm-hmm. It's going on all over the place. It's disgraceful, but uh, you know, don't think this is the only county that has dumb people in it. <laughs> well, if you're compared to O.J. Simpson, it is not defamation. That's the ruling of a New Jersey judge in a lawsuit against ESPN of Bristol. The judge threw out a lawsuit by former Major League pitcher John Montefusco. Is that his name? That's right, yeah. Who sued the network after a broadcaster compared his domestic violence prosecution to Simpson's murder trial? So, it's a free oh. for all. Oh, it's, I, you know what? I'll bet this guy. I found a um, a website. I haven't been there, Beth, but um, I think it's someplace that we need to go, and you need to go each week. It's called jerkoftheweek.com. Okay. Have you heard about it? I know, but I'll definitely look into it today. Yeah, and it, it has to do with uh, sports figures, and they have like a whole rating system. They give you points, you know, depending on like, uh, for example, I'm trying to see where this is here, but if they have a whole point system uh, based on, um, let's see, you know, for example, uh, let's see, somebody, uh, some uh, Dennis Rodman, who has right. been jerk of the week often, when he challenged the NBA commissioner David Stern to a nude wrestling match, mm-hmm. that was a three point infraction right That's there. Pretty good. <laughs> okay. Um, <laughs> Uh, when he landed a helicopter on the beach in the back of his house on his 40th birthday party, that was a two-point infraction. Mm-hmm. So they, they have like a whole system, and each week they have this week's athletic jerk of the week. So I bet uh, we, this is something I think we should look into okay. like, as, a week, as a weekly thing. But I'll bet that guy's all over jerk sure. of the week, sounds like. Ex-Knicks star Patrick Ewing publicly admitted yesterday that he'd been a frequent patron of the Gold Club in Atlanta and that on two occasions he received free sexual favors from strippers inside 
VIP rooms. Ewing was just the first of a handful of professional athletes required to testify in federal court about sexual activity inside the club that the FBI says is controlled by the Gambino crime family. Ewing, who is married with three kids, said, quote, The girls danced, they started fondling me, I got aroused, they performed oral sex, I hung around for a while, and then left. <laughs> they hung around. <laughs> um, yeah, he said, you sure he said two? I thought he said 200. And I thought he, well, <laughs> he just sort of, you know, he just hundred under his breath. If he admitted to two, it had to be... Two dozen. Easy. Oh, yeah. Easy. Go well, does it make more. it any better? What's the difference? If I'm the wife, you know what? Two, two dozen, it doesn't matter. Okay, good information to know. Everybody, <laughs> guys, back home, take note. It's all bad. Yeah, but athletes' wives would know what's going on. I mean, they know that these guys are in strip bars all the time. I mean... That's part of being. There's a, a difference between athlete. being in a strip bar and watching what's going on That's and actively part participating. Of being a professional athlete, is that right? Well, I would say, uh, I would say yes. I mean, for uh, you could kind, you could relate because you were on tour in a band. But these guys, uh, as baseball players, it's a 162 game season. They're out on the road constantly. Same with basketball; it's a long season. These guys are going out every night. They're going in strip clubs that's where they go yeah but it doesn't mean that's that they're they that infidelity goes hand in hand with going to the strip club i really know it i would say athletes <laughs> though it's the biggest kept secret guys like d guys like michael jordan you know that guy's sleeping around you don't know but, that Nick. Well, i i would i would say 99.9 percent .9 sure that he was you have no idea what you're so this is listen 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 you are making an assumption Okay, you're making an assumption there. I mean, I deal with this assumption day in and day out to this day because all rock stars, you know, live a certain lifestyle that is accepted. So you can't say all. It's unfair to the one or two who are. <laughs> <laughs> I was moaning the lady in that. <laughs> what was that? Exactly. I was boning a lady in that. <laughs> okay. <laughs> See? All the guys, they keep it secret. They're no, not going to No, no, but that's number one. Number two, it's, un you know, I mean, your, your implication is also that there's no middle ground. Okay? I was extreme, and I... I literally never went out to these places. It just wasn't my cup of tea and whatever. Whole no I'll get into why I didn't do what I didn't do. But there were people who just went and hung out at a club and, you know, watched the strippers and had some drinks and socialized with some friends and weren't in the back room getting filleted. And I would say there's a big okay, difference. Okay, there is a... You're saying there's no middle ground. That's not true, Nick. And for Patrick Ewing's wife, for instance, I'd say there's a big difference between thinking that it might be going on and then having him stand up and testify in federal court that it happened. Yeah, that was Once tough. it becomes public... You do something about it. <laughs> Was that Patrick Ewing we had a tape of? <laughs> <Yes>. <laughs> <laughs>
Next story. Men who are having trouble getting dates may want to invest in a dog. According to New Mexico veterinarian Dr. Jeff Nickel, women respond to men Beth. who that are responsible enough to take You're care of an animal. To read that. But of course, not all dogs are created equal. He has a list here of dogs that attract women the most. He's done some research on his own. <laughs> no, I'm just ignoring you, Nando D. Border Collies, he says, are on the list of the best dogs to attract women. He says they're very clean, incredibly cute, and they're very soft to the touch. Number two, Labrador Retrievers. He says, quote, put a bandana on a lab and it's an instant chick magnet. He says, third, Golden Retrievers, as far as attracting women. I say this is true. A lot of times I'll, I'll be out walking and I'll see a guy with a dog and I'll, I'll say, oh, what a cute dog, and... Yeah. You're way more apt to say hi to a guy with a dog than you are to just a random guy walking down the street. This is so on the money. Oh, are you going to be serious now? I'm going to be serious now. <laughs> okay. I'm going to be serious. I was, Suzette went to the Fashion Institute of Te- Technology, and uh, when she went to that school, I, um, and, and, you know, keeping up a tradition of stalking that I had established for over a year. I got an apartment directly across the street from the school, and uh, and, and we wound up living together there, which was great. But I got a baby, a baby. I've got a chow puppy. Okay, now chows, I'm not going to get into chows as a breed, but you know, the big fluffy dogs, kind of a lot like the Kishon, they're bigger, and when mm-hmm. they're little, they are incredibly, incredibly adorable because they look like little bears, and they're real fluff balls. And when I used to walk that damn dog past FIT, good freaking God, I could have been Quasimodo, and I almost was. <laughs> and the chicks were all over, and I'm going, where was this stupid dog when I was looking for people? Yeah. I mean, it was outrageous. Hey, Out- it's a lady. Ra- outrageous. Gentlemen. Nothing, a puppy, nothing attracts women more than a puppy. Hey, bring on the bitches. And you're right. They think, you know, you know, no matter how big, ugly, whatever you may be, you're walking a little cute dog. It, it completely humanizes you and just makes you like a nice guy. It's great. You've done a real That's service today, an Ben. attention getter. A real service. Dark side. You had the key, Sean, yeah. right? Mm-hmm. It's kind of a cutesy dog. I bet when it was a puppy, it's insanely oh, yeah. cute. Oh, absolutely. Did you ever notice when you're walking it, girls go, ooh. Yeah, actually. Yeah, right? they, they, they go for it. It's definitely an icebreaker. Girls, I, it wouldn't give you the time of day. They're like just completely melting when they see a little puppy on a leash there. Mm-hmm. I dare opening, say, bro. Nick, this is why you started your dog walking service. It's a stroke of genius. Yeah, that's right. I know. I'll be out there with a bunch of dogs. Like, I not only love my own dog, but I love, like, other people's dogs and dogs in general. I don't say this often, but you're a smart man. (laughs) (laughs) I I know. You know, this is the kind of message I normally wouldn't read from Nick, but but it's actually, it actually is more of a question. Nick sent me a message that says, Puccini got me some jungle love. <laughs> is this something? Is this are you being funny or is this a true story? <laughs> um, no, but I wish he did. Because oh, oh. it was I was in Longmeadow. I mean, you know, there were like two black families in Longmeadow, so I didn't get any of that. How that but. happened? <laughs> I don't know. But um, yeah, I was hoping that he did because you know I like that kind of thing. <laughs> uh, I don't want to delve into on. Nick's personal fantasies. Psycho, you want to do traffic? 
Yeah, let's do that. But maybe when you move to Southeast, you get Puccini Jr. out on a leave. <laughs> <laughs> All right, this traffic report is brought to you by Napa Auto Parts. Traveling on 84 East, a little bit of steady traffic now from exit 48 leading into the downtown tunnel. 84 West, traffic just beginning to pick up now across the Bulkley Bridge. 91 South, mostly slow traffic, but it's mostly in the right lane from uh, down near the 84 merge. 91 North is delay-free. Traveling on Route 2, just a little bit slow getting up to the flyover. 91 South into New Haven is delay-free. 95 South into New Haven is uh, slow from exit 51 leading up to the Q Bridge. Route 8 in Waterbury, no problems there. At 715, I'm Psycho Dan with this Modern Rec Report on Radio 104. Fathers who smoke marijuana dramatically increase the risk that their babies will succumb to sudden infant death syndromes, according to new <sighs> research. Surprisingly, though, the research done by scientists at University of California, San Diego, found no such link between SIDS and maternal pot smoking. Liar! They found the incidence of SIDS doubled if the father smoked pot around the time of the child's conception and tripled if he smoked pot once the baby was born. That was the biggest load of crap I've ever heard. That's because he's too stoned to check on the kid. (laughs) (laughs) Now, Dark Side Dave, I'm not pointing the finger at you because I know that your days of smoking the wacky weed were long gone when Connor was conceived. So you don't have to worry. Higher. <laughs> <laughs> about <right>. this. <laughs> but this is a good warning for people who are trying to conceive in that uh, it's a bad idea to smoke pot around that time. Or, obviously, you have to be brain dead to not know it's a bad idea to smoke pot around your newborn child. Yeah, well, I mean, he has stopped rolling. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> now it's all in a pipe. <laughs> He's matured. You dick! <laughs> Well, you may have noticed that it costs more to get some ice cream this summer, and it's true. The cost of milk fat, which is ice cream's main ingredient, is up 71% over the past six months. The industry blames new government pricing, while the Agriculture Department points to a seasonal slowdown in milk production. In any event, prices are way up for your favorite ice cream. Yes, I think, but prices are up by something like 7 or 8% or 10%. On ice creams. It's a lot. The milk, milk fat's up 70%. The ice cream price is up like 10%. But, apparently, for some reason, ice cream consumption is down by like an equal amount. Maybe because it's expensive. I don't know. You think so? It's possible. I mean, it just seems too cool. It's, it just seems... Usually, we... Uh, Human beings are not that bright, you know. <laughs> hey, they raise the prices. We're going to eat it less. You know, we don't really work that way. I think it's probably just a coincidence. Because it takes us a while for things yeah. to set in. Like the gas thing. Mm-hmm. You know, like gas prices will soar and it'll take a long while before we finally start getting smaller cars and start smartening up. So I just think it's a coincidence. New research claims computer games may make children more intelligent. Game-playing youngsters apparently have coordination and concentration levels equal of people who participate in top athletics. Children who play games generally have more friends and are better adjusted. This is according to new research. Research leader says people who play games regularly seem to develop a mental state that has been seen only in serious athletes or professionals, such as astronauts. Their minds and bodies work together much better than those of people who don't play games. Oh, yeah. So they My may kids be, going into space, man. They may be heavier, but apparently they're more intelligent. Well, I got the perf- them. I got the perfect astronauts that are growing in my house. Mm-hmm. 
Shane has been a video junkie since the day he was born. And he's bright. Really bright. And uh, he's got a lot of friends, but he's not heavy. Should I give up my number now so NASA can call us? <laughs> <laughs> Prepare him for the space program. He's perfect. Did you ever see any fat astronauts? I noticed that. No, not usually. <laughs> <laughs> no chunkers up there in the spacesuits. <laughs> Doctors in Germany have found an inch-long earwig living inside of a woman's ear. Interestingly oh, enough, it was an earwig. Uh, you know what? That, that game-playing thing, I'm just thinking about yeah. this. You've spoken to Mudbone? Seems a little sharper this morning since Naked Twister yesterday. <laughs> you know, I don't so think that's the games little, little <laughs> they're talking about. <laughs> no, not that game? No. <laughs> So, Britta Frey from Berlin had been kept awake by a strange scratching noise, but oh couldn't God. figure out where it was coming from. Oh, God. She said, every time I turned around, it seemed to be coming from somewhere else. It was really creepy. I'd go to bed, couldn't sleep a wink because of the scratching. So, she finally called a friend to come over and help her try to track down the noise, but the friend didn't hear anything. So, that prompted her to go to the doctor where they found the inch-long insect living inside of her ear. Doctors washed out the ear, and the live earwig appeared. This is so disgusting. Her doctor said her hearing hasn't been damaged, and they assured her that stories she heard about insects eating people's brains were false. That's not true? That's what they said. Cross that one off the explanations list of what happened in there. <laughs> that's the most disgusting thing I've ever heard. That's pretty vile. That's like, that's like a nightmare for everybody. The idea oh. that yeah, that a bug climb into one of your holes in your yeah. body. That's enough to make me put earplugs in every night when I go to bed. <laughs> no, seriously, you're not going to do that, are you? I'm thinking about it. <laughs> You're afraid of bugs going to climb in there? Well, that can happen, obviously. You know, it's summertime. Bugs are around. Yeah, well, you would think that that'd be kind of an attractive place to a bug. It's warm. Safe. It's warm. It's narrow. It's dark. Fits them. <laughs> at least it didn't hurt. Can you imagine if it was biting at her in oh, there? Pain shooting through her head. <laughs> <laughs> like in, in, in that Star Trek movie. Hey, right. Like the Wrath of Khan, remember? Mm-hmm. They put those little things in their ears that took over their minds. It was gross. Yeah. That's a gross story, Beth. Yeah, it was gross. Well, we talked before about the circus knife thrower who was looking for an assistant. I have a little more information on this guy. His name is Jade Hansen, and his trouble started last year when he stabbed his girlfriend for the third time in as many years. She walked out on him, <laughs> reportedly claiming that he was trying to kill her. He says it wasn't anything like that and that he just... Missed three times. So then he got a woman to replace his girlfriend. She is giving up after an injury that required three stitches. But she said he is very experienced and she is leaving because she wants to concentrate on her hula hoop act, not because she was stabbed by him. <laughs> it's a thin excuse. You know, honey, if you ask I've been me. thinking of breaking out the old hula hoop act. You know, it's a lot safer. The worst you get is a hula hoop burn on the wrist. The person they're looking for will need nerves of steel. And he insists, Jade does, that his act is safe, despite the fact that you're facing a 12-inch knife traveling at 60 miles an hour. Nerves of steel? Mm-hmm. Nick, or you're body looking for a second steel. job? 
You're yeah. the man. That's a tough one. I don't know about that. I think he's looking for a female assistant, but in a pinch. You can do it! He might use a male. How much should I get? Hey, you ain't a chick! (laughs) The added plus? You get to smoke on the job. You don't need to use the shit, right? That's right. (laughs) You can do it! Might want to apply. A Canadian teenager crashed into six cars as she tried to park at the end of her driver's test. She accelerated instead of braking, common rookie mistake, and plowed into four cars before hitting two more after losing control a second time. A pedestrian who was caught between two of the cars during the accident was taken to the hospital for treatment for a leg injury. The instructor was treated for shock. The teenager who is not named failed the test. Oh, Lord, I wanted to check that out. I'm glad you got the information because I wasn't sure. Yeah, those guys, I wonder how many times... These road test givers actually get in accidents. Are there a lot of accidents at road tests? I'll bet it's higher than the normal incidents of accidents. See, I would, I would bet it's lower. I'll bet there are a lot of fender benders. Do you really think so? Things like do the parallel parking. Now, I'm not talking about... See, okay, this is the question. I'm not talking about driver education. Because thinking driver education, that's got to be like the most nerve-wracking mm-hmm. job in the world. You've got people who've never been behind the wheel. You're teaching them how to drive. You know, so I know that's... Uh, I'm talking about the road test itself. Mm-hmm. I mean, the only thing I think it's, it's really... It's, how's the test up here? Down on Long Island, it's pretty simple. It seemed pretty simple. I didn't have to parallel park. You didn't even parallel park? No. Although, I will say, I don't want to pat myself on the back. I'm a really good parallel parker. Okay, good. Just but I didn't have, to, didn't have to do it for my <laughs> test, but I could have if I had to. You could have if you wanted. You were ready. They, didn't, they knew mm-hmm. you were good. You think they, they, she looked and said, this girl can probably parallel park her ass <laughs> off. I'm not even going to bother. <laughs> not even going to bother to ask her to back it up. They saw a Tone Loke's Wild thing oh, yeah. in the cassette player, and they said, this girl can back it up. Yeah. <laughs> I remember it being pretty simple, though. And I wasn't yeah, so really my worried. My point is, the, the worst thing is just your nerves. You know, and but you don't go really fast. And this girl obviously snapped and hit the gas instead of the brake, and all hell broke loose. Part of it, I think, is where you live and where you take the test. I took it in Waterbury, and I had to drive around some pretty congested streets in Waterbury. But I think if you take it in a more rural area, the test is probably easier. Suzette took her driver education classes. She didn't, she didn't go to mm-hmm. ones in school in Manhattan. See, that's what I mean. So it was a lot tougher for her. In Manhattan, the streets of Manhattan is where she learned how to drive. West Side Highway, seriously congested, <gasps> seriously insane driving. I will bet that that is reflected in her overall driving to this day. <laughs> she's very aggressive. <laughs> she's, she's very aggressive and angry. Angry driver. I don't blame her. Heavy on the horn. <laughs> there she is now. Like, calm down, honey. We're not in the city anymore. Well, Catherine Hepburn's expected release from the hospital has been postponed yet again. Doctors want more time to monitor her ability to move around. It had been expected that the 94-year-old actress would be allowed to go home yesterday after being treated for a minor infection that doctors said had cleared up nicely. But spokesman for Hartford Hospital James Battaglio says the actress's ability to walk had suffered after more than four days in a hospital bed. They have now set a later date for her discharge. Yeah, this dying thing sucks, by the way. Just <laughs> I want to go on record as saying that. 
Because, you know, I've been noticing, like, it's inevitable. Seems to be, so far. Yeah, like, like, so, I mean, basically, it's just, okay, she's all right for now, but, you know. Well, she's 94, you know, D. Eventually, it's going to happen. For all just of us. It's a matter of time. Probably not yeah. that much time. Although, I'd have to say that Catherine Hepburn's had a pretty good run of things. Oh, she absolutely has. Yeah. And I'm not saying, it, 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 not a bad thing about Kate Hepburn. I like Kate. She's a fireplug. She's, she's, she's alive, you know? I mean, she's great. But uh, she's 94 years old. I was showing some shots of her, and they were like, from all, just after, silent, after the talkie started. I mean, she's been mm -hmm. doing movies for a long, long time. So, you know, hopefully. I mean, we already talked about how we want to die, right? Yeah, I think everybody, I said, much, uh, in my sleep, peacefully. Yeah. I think yeah. that's number one, isn't it? For everybody, pretty much, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> With a bullet. Without having Dark's, had any major illness, just peaceful. Now, well, the dogs are just like they had a little asterisk in his sleep, but a stoned sort of sleep, you know, like <laughs> smoke a joint, finish one off, a nice sort of buzz. <laughs> fall into a deep sleep and then pass on. Wow. <laughs> With taps playing for him. And Nick, how, how are you again? I don't know how I am. Um, how do I want to... I don't really want to die in my sleep. I want to just like, you know, kind of collapse in the middle of the kitchen floor and go... <laughs> There you go out with something going on. Something no. dramatic. Yeah. In a hail you, of bullets. Or assassinated. That would be pretty cool. Yeah. And what would you be doing for a job that you'd be assassinated? Yes. You're supposed to be eating some linguine on Mulberry Street in Little Italy. You'd be blown away. Yeah. By mistake, they think he's somebody else. Yeah, that'd be cool. They think he's the Don. A hail of bullets. <laughs> <laughs> well, Demi Moore looks to be uh, set to marry her current boyfriend Oliver Whitcomb. Apparently she met the karate instructor when she was taking lessons, uh, where actually when he gave them to her kids. Her former husband Bruce Willis is said to be a guest at the wedding that's going to happen at her Idaho home sometime in the fall. Bravo. Good for Demi. Bravo. Well, I was saying good for Bruce. I mean, bravo <laughs> that he's no. I mean, that was pretty pretty cool. Yeah, they have kids together. That's magnanimous. That the word right there. You, you know, go down and make a showing. It shows the kids. There's no hard feelings with dad and mom, and that's that's a cool thing to do. Didn't Billy Joel go to one of Christy Brinkley's weddings? I remember. I don't he know. Did. Yeah, he might have. She he married the most recent guy. Now she's been living in Idaho for a while now, right? She's sort of pulled out of the whole Hollywood scene. I think so. I mean. G.I. Jane wasn't that bad, was it? <laughs> I didn't see it. <laughs> I saw it. It wasn't that bad. No, I don't think it had to do with that. I think she, her mom... She priced herself out. That's what I heard, is that she was making so much money that they just, no one wanted to pay her anymore. Yeah, but I think she... Yeah, I, actually, I don't think she's spoken about it all that much, but from what I picked up is a little bit of a life reevaluation. Mm -hmm. Her mother got cancer, I believe, <clears throat> and she went to take care of her mom. And her final days, and I think she's just said, you know what? I've got these great kids. I've got this great all this money. I had a great life. Why should I? You know, I'm mm -hmm. missing out on life. Idaho, for God's sakes, Idaho. At least just peace <laughs> she, and quiet. Yeah, no kidding. Mm -hmm. That's all they got there. Peace, quiet, and potatoes. A lot of potatoes there. Well, let me tell you this final note. Metallica frontman James Hetfield has entered rehab for 
alcoholism and other addictions. That's according to the band's <sighs> website. Metallica no. had begun work on their eighth studio album in April, but they've halted all activities, including a launch party for Metallica.com that had been planned for July 29th. The singer-guitarist will continue treatment, quote, until further notice. No! Have you heard Dark Side that he was heading down that road? Yeah, I heard something about it um, over the course of the weekend. And too bad. I heard it was confirmed yesterday that he was yeah. going into it. <sighs> Look, yeah, it sucks. Well, hopefully now he'll was, turn around. Is he known to be uh, have uh, problem issues with uh, oh, the, yeah, the, the whole band was a bunch of booze hags their entire mm -hmm. career, so it's not too much of a shock. But uh, I don't know. Maybe this will wake them up and realize that the crap they've been putting out now for almost the past <laughs> 10 years really sucks, and they'll get back to the old school, you know? That's it. That's what this is going to do. Yeah. I'll be encouraging for him. So you can blame it on his drunken state. Like when, <laughs> yeah. I, when I was, you know, on, we were on tour together um, during Ride the Lightning. That was a cliff record, right? Yeah. So, yeah. yeah, okay, Ride the Lightning tour. Uh, they were um, definitely, uh, they were definitely, I don't know, they weren't like completely wasted. I mean, you know what I'm saying? You'd, you'd, see, you'd hang out with them, you'd see them, and it wasn't like they were complete messes. You know, they'd have a drink or whatever. So now that was during the time with the stuff you like, though, right? Oh, yeah, definitely. There he is. Mm -hmm. Beth is the proof. Right up to 1989. See? 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 There, good stuff. Mm -hmm. Then, mm -hmm. the drug, the drugs, the alcohol, the substance infiltrate their lives, and suddenly... The album falls short. <laughs> of course... They're selling tens of millions of more records than they ever did, but but they're not the quality that they once were. No. That's what Darkseid's trying to say. All right. So let's just all put a hope for for Hetfield, that's James, everything's good with him, and everything will be back, and maybe Darkseid will get lucky, and they'll come back to the original sound. You can do it! The Yankees it beat Toronto 7-2. Mets and Marlins game was rained out, and Red Sox shortstop Nomar Garciaparra begins four-day rehab with AAA Pawtucket today. Of course, he's been sidelined since undergoing wrist surgery before the start of this season. Sunny, hot, humid, high in the mid-90s today. Tonight, cloudy, muggy, only down into the 70s. And for tomorrow, sunny, not quite as hot and humid and a high near 90. 68 at 733. Well, <clears throat> um, you must be pretty excited, Beth. Why is that? I can never say his name. No more is coming back. Yeah, I'll be excited if he uh, gets back. They'll evaluate him after he does this little stint down there in Rhode Island and see what happens. I believe you're only a game and a half out of first place right now. Uh, I don't... Is it that much? It's about mm -hmm. that. It's, a, yeah. it's about that, yeah. It's either a game or a game. game and a half. You didn't mention the rocket. Yeah. What's yeah, he's, he's tied some kind of record. T not tied. Broke. Whatever. Broke the record. Yeah. Tom Seaver's record. The most strikeouts in history. He, it was eight strikeouts yesterday. It was yesterday, right, Nick? Yeah, so it was what? yesterday. So he's 14 and 1 now, D. The rocket. He's doing well. He's doing really well this year. <laughs> uh, I, noticed, I noticed you didn't mention that. So well, I only have so much time. I was getting the wrap-up signal from Darkside. So. <laughs> yeah. So if you had to, I was just, you had to trim that. Yeah. That little piece. Trim the fat. Right after <laughs> trim the, the fat. Yeah. All right. Taking a break. We're coming back. Well, we always like to talk about our weekends, and we had a pretty interesting one because we spent it together. At least Saturday, for that matter. Uh, a long Saturday. And uh, we, uh, well, we, you know, we're going to give you the details, but we went to OzFest. All of us. Me, Beth, Nick, Darkside, Sean, Psycho, and Mudbone. 
That would be seven. We all went down. And uh, we'll tell you a little bit about it, about our day and what's going on and why we went down there besides to capture some of the magic that is the OzFest 2001. <laughs> uh, so uh, we'll be back with that and more on D-Snyder Radio. This is Radio 104. D-Snyder Radio. Let's do something with Beth. Show me Dark Side's nipple. Because there's a man who needs a man's ear. D-Snyder Radio on Radio 104. I can't sell this, man. Now back to D. Snyder Radio. What is there to talk about? Oh, let's go. Oh, we're not gonna take it. Starting to sound like somebody we know. On Radio 104. Tomorrow on D. Snyder Radio. Brand new on the road with Mudbone. And I see Sagan's Avance with Psycho Dan. Is that right? Yes, it is. Okay. Well, we'll see uh, on that little message here, you wrote Chamberlain City. So I, thought, I wasn't sure which is which. Which is correct? This spreadsheet here or the little message you sent me? Well, Sagan's Avance and on the road. Well, we're going to do Sagan Sivas a little bit later in the show tomorrow, D, but Shaman City's coming up later in the week about this time. Oh, right, 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 right. I got you. I got you. Okay. Also, I, I got doing this. Uh, I'm going to the MTV 20th anniversary show they're doing a week from tonight, today, August 1st. I think it's at the Hammerstein Ballroom. And uh, so having this three-hour celebration and blah, 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 blah. So I'm supposed to be interviewed, and they sent me this questionnaire to... I guess it's like sometimes when you go on some of these shows, they call you up and they ask you things before you go on so that they kind of know where they're going to go. Mm-hmm. Like when I was on the Letterman show, they call and they talk to you ahead of time, a pre-interview. So I think they're doing a pre-interview a written pre-interview. Great. Mm-hmm. Yeah, like but that's freaking... cool, though. That's a huge deal, dude. That's going to yeah. be awesome. Yeah, going to that show. Going there? Yeah. The only thing is, I'm doing it for you guys. <laughs> I don't really want to go. Why? Oh, you Why? have to go, dude. You know how many people are going to be watching that thing? Yeah, but um, because it's, it starts at 8 o'clock. And it finishes at 11. It's in Manhattan. So you take a nap. You may recall... And when will I ta- and I'll, then I'll take a nap after I get there, and I'll wake up for the show. <laughs> <Yes>. <laughs> when I get home, I'll take a nap, and then I'll do the show. So it's going to be a bit of a bitch, but you know, it's a it's a great opportunity. It's going to be a bit of history. Twenty years from MTV, and uh, it's flattering to be recognized as part of that. You know, and so uh, I'm going down there. So tomorrow I'll, I'll go over the questions. You guys can help me answer it. We'll make up good answers. <laughs> I don't have any good answers. No, I got good answers. I uh, will address that as well. Got a couple letters that I do want to read here before we take a traffic break, and then we'll get into our weekends. It says, um, this is a new story you did on Friday they're reacting mm-hmm. to. The one about the couple who was doing it in a library and got caught. Right. Well, Chris, from the Hellfish, whatever that means, uh, says he was surprised that you don't hear about people performing sex acts in museums there's a museum at bridgeport that you can have sex in the exhibits that's why they have it or people just have found a way to do that 
That's a good question. The way it's phrased, it sounds like it's like a feature. Yeah. Come down to our museum and have sex in the exhibits. We need more information, Chris. Also, he says, uh, to boot, there's a planetarium where if you're lucky enough to have a girl who is willing, the planetarium is dark enough that you so you can get some under the stars and not have to go camping. Good call! Dark side. Yeah, there's Where's the planetarium in this state? There's one in West Hartford, uh, Jang Jangerous mm -hmm. Planetarium, I think it's called. Yeah, yeah, it's right over there, and it's absolutely dark in there. And they got the whole star thing going on, and they do like every once in a while, they, like they'll do the laser shows, you know, like to the music of Floyd and stuff like that. And yeah, it's uh, it's pretty private. Good times. It's good times. Yeah, Memories. good times. Good times. Mm -hmm. uh, I got one more letter here, and I'll read that in just a moment. But first, let's get a traffic update from Psycho Dan. This traffic report is brought to you by Call Before You Dig. Dig safely, Connecticut. Call Before You Dig, 1-800-922-4455. For more information, visit the Call Before You Dig website at www.cbyd.com. Traveling on 84 East, just a little bit slow around exits 43 and 44, 84 West. Heavy traffic now coming over the Bulkley Bridge. 91 South, you're going to slow down around exits 36 and 35 into the downtown exits. And also, a word from the Department of Traffic in Windsor on 91 South. They're going to be doing some road work very soon between exits 40 and 44, so try to get past that if you can. 91 North looks good. Route 2, a little bit slow from exit 4 up to the flyover. 91 South into New Haven is slow from exit 4 into downtown. 95 South into New Haven. It's slow going from exit 53 leading up to the Lake Salt and Stall Bridge. Then it gets heavy again from exit 51 all the way up to the Q Bridge. Route 8, just a little bit heavy traveling through Waterbury. At 745, I'm Psycho Dan with this Modern Rec Report on Radio 104. Here's a letter, Beth. It says, D, <clears throat> and uh, he was listening to the show as usual Friday morning. Someone had thought they had a, a D sighting. He said, no, well, I had one. South Deerfield, Massachusetts, Yankee Candle Factory, Friday afternoon, saw you in the car museum with your family. Yes, I was there. It's cool. It's, I really like that place. The Yankee Candle Factory. Has anybody been there? I haven't, but I heard that it's great. I'd heard from, I saw the signs on 91 all the time, and it said, bring the kids. You know, and I'm always looking for some place to bring the kids. So after we hit the Cracker Barrel, of course, <laughs> got to hit the Cracker Barrel with the fam. I said, well, let's take a ride up there. I didn't know how far up it was. I mean, it's not really that bad. But, you know, you know, on Long Island, exits are like a mile apart. Seemed a lot further. <laughs> Seemed a way a lot further. But anyway, yes, Kristen, yes, that would be me. Uh, and uh, she just talked, she was in the car museum and said she enjoyed seeing me in the family setting. And uh, it's really a big, you know, it has the museum and it's, you know, but it really is just a, a store. But it's really set up really creatively, and it's really huge. And there's a coffee shop and an ice cream parlor and a restaurant and the museum and all those things. And the kids had a blast. Did you make got your own candles? Uh, yes, we did. Dipped candles. So that was cool. Kids like doing that. Uh, we had a good time. I have the credit card slip to prove it. Mm -hmm. <laughs> it was a really good time. Can't make your way through a, a you know a twenty acre store without coming out with uh, with some stuff under the arm. You know you gotta. But speaking of the weekends, Saturday. Well, this is how it, this is how things unfold here. Okay, um, we decided. How am I going to explain? Put this best. How do 
I put this best? We'll put it this way. Of course, you got you know that uh, I have a long-standing relationship with the heavy metal community, and certainly um, I know a lot of these bands. I'm friends with a lot of these artists, and I've known Ozzy and Sharon Osbourne for many years. Uh, and uh, I wanted to have the opportunity to go and hang out and uh, with these guys, and we decided, why not head out onto the road and catch Ozzy and Ozfest in their element touring? I mean, they are coming to Hartford. Now, when is the Hartford show, Nick? It's Sunday, August 5th. August 5th, uh, up here. And to that end, <laughs> all next week is going to be D-Sider Radio uh, goes to OzFest week because we spent the whole day down in New Jersey. We got on the bus, all seven of us. And we what are we going to do? <laughs> Road trip. <laughs> exactly. And uh, we figured it makes it just that much more interesting if we headed out to the road to see OzFest. Not I mean, anybody can go down the street. Not you know East Rutherford, mind you. Camden, which is Philadelphia. Yeah. So the bus ride is longer than you might at first suspect. <laughs> Beth, as, as, as longer than at first Beth suspected. Um, well, I said, what do you mean, the, Camden? What? Yeah, yeah, Camden was more is like their Philly show. It is just yeah. outside of Philadelphia, and that's what they consider to be their Philadelphia show. Because they have a separate Jersey show up north. So we had a very nice, long bus ride in our, uh, in our custom coach. What was that thing we were in? It was I was expecting this huge yeah. tour bus. It was a party coach, but with limo seating. Yeah, yeah. It was. I was expecting this huge tour bus. When I got there, when I got to the station Saturday morning, bright and early, uh, it, the uh, bus looked bigger in the pictures, didn't it? Didn't it, Nick? Yeah, a little bit bigger. <laughs> yeah, they use those wide-angle lenses on the inside, uh, but it was really nice inside. It really—that's what somebody said. It looked like a, a huge limousine inside with the limos big limo seating and the TVs and the VCR and all that stuff was set up nice and we all piled in and uh we had a nice long <laughs> ride <laughs> that ride let's see what time we left at 7 in the morning what time did we actually get in there nick it was about 1 1:30 1 yeah 1:30 so we were good six and a half hours in <laughs> and uh, we spent 4 hours together each morning 4 or 5 hours you know, but you're in separate rooms. <laughs> yeah, it's not quite as intimate. Yeah. Now, mind you, nobody got hurt. Nobody, there was no anger or frustration. And I, frustration, and I do appreciate Dark Side, Sean. Obviously, you guys did bathe because nobody was really smelling. Did you smell anybody particular? No, nobody was right at all. It was nice. No, <laughs> it was it was nice. Dark Side, Dark Side was now well, originally talking. We thought we were gonna have this big tour bus, and before we even got on the tour bus. Everybody was already sort of like laying claim to their areas. Well, Beth said, I'm going to have, I got to have the, you know, the back area for my privacy. And Dar says, well, you know, maybe up front I can fart freely. <laughs> no, you can't because it's a big, long tube and a whole big discussion. Then we get in there and it was a much closer, more intimate area. There was no real private private area. There was So, uh, Dark said, thank you for not farting. Uh, I was holding back. I know, you were dying. Oh, man, I was, it was <laughs> rough. It was Five rough. hours in, yeah, you were dying, oh, man. Terrible, <laughs> terrible. And uh, but we headed down there, and Beth, you know, you, you were. I mean, this is not really 
your cup of tea. Now, I'm not saying you're a wuss, because mm -hmm. certainly you've had a couple of rock albums in your day. <laughs> but but heavy metal has changed quite a bit. It's not the, it's not your the heavy metal that you grew up when you, on when you were in junior high school. It's not my bag, baby. It's not your bag, oh, baby. But you blended, though. You and Mudbone, you fit <laughs> right in there. Thanks, like thanks. I, I noticed that you guys didn't stand out at all backstage. Yeah. Like, I didn't like, think I was that much... <laughs> Of a, of, I didn't think I stood out that much. Do you think? <laughs> really? I was just wearing shorts and a t-shirt and sandals. Yeah, but I, I mean, mean, jeans and a t-shirt and sandals. Most of the women there were like in 10-inch heels and their thongs were hanging out. And, yeah. well, oh, get out. Uh, <laughs> oh, you didn't see, Dee. There was a woman whose skirt was so short she was sitting down. She was basically sitting in her underpants. Yeah. Awesome. That's cool. Oh, I missed that one? Yeah. Mm-hmm. Well, we were, we we got there. I mean, and it was a huge. It, it was. It must have been sold out. I mean, it was packed. I mean, obviously not all day, but by the time when I, when I was on stand on stage, Slipknot, and we'll reserve your opinion of Slipknot Fest okay. uh, for a moment if we can. But I mean, it was because they go on right before Manson. and then uh, and then Ozzy or Sabbath comes on, and the place was just a sea. Top to bottom. And it was a place called the Tweeter Center in Camden, New Jersey. It used to be Camden Yards years ago. No, Camden Yards, is that the ballpark? Yeah. They call it something else. These, all of these places, the names change practically every couple of years. You know, when a new corporate merger takes over or somebody else sponsors the place. So it's called the Tweeter Center. But there's a Tweeter Center uh, up this way, isn't Man there? Massachusetts. Yeah, Mansfield, right. Mass. Yeah. Yeah, this is a Tweeter, no, another Tweeter Center down in Camden, New Jersey, right outside Philadelphia. So, I mean, it had to be about 25,000 people, 27,000. I mean, it was definitely a sold-out show. It was packed. And uh, we got there about 1 o'clock, pulled our bus uh, in between all the other buses. Sometimes I felt like we were going to be crushed by the huge tour buses. We were supposed to have a huge tour bus, too. But that didn't work out. And then we uh, set about our business because, you know, we were down there. What we tried wanted to do was head out onto the road, capture some of the... Some of the sweat, the blood, sweat, and energy of the Ozfest, and uh, we interviewed a whole bunch of people, and we've done a whole all kinds of. Well, next all next week, every, everything's going to be dedicated to the Ozfest. We've got interviews with people from the Ozfest. We've got a shame of the city from the Ozfest. We got a special edition Sagazi Voss from Ozfest. We're going to have on the road at the Ozfest <laughs> with Mudbone. <laughs> which I think he's going to have uh, had a, it was pretty eye opening for Mudbone he didn't see too many people of color at OzFest not that, you know, <laughs> there are I mean, a few just, a few I mean not that it's exclusive of that and you know it's just but for some reason uh, maybe it's just that show Maybe when Ozfest goes to Bridgeport, um, there'll be, yeah. there'll be yeah. you know, a different different crowd will be there. Yeah. <laughs> Very different crowd. Um, you know, this is uh, most of the stuff that you're going to hear, the stuff that we'll do and what have you. I don't really want to talk about the interviews per se, obviously, because we got a chance to talk to a lot of the bands. But Nick, you know, when you got there, we kind of really split up I mean when we got there because we all had different jobs obviously Mudbone had, it was responsible for all the technical stuff for the most part and then uh, you know I went out there and just sort of you know 
flashed my face around so everybody saw that <laughs> D was there and Beth was hanging around with me. Me and Beth hanging out in catering area, <laughs> you know, slapping flesh and uh, just make everybody aware that, you know, it was there. And it ran into a lot of people I hadn't seen in a while, old friends and new friends. And Nick, you and Sean were off doing your thing, wrangling all of the interviews. We got a whole bunch of interviews. And I never really got a chance to talk to you about, you know, how that went. Obviously, we got most of the stuff that we wanted. Yeah. We went to work. Well, uh, someone who works in the OzFest production, productions helped me out a lot. They gave me a whole list of names and numbers of tour managers who I had no idea who they were, except for one. And, um, and uh, just started calling people, and they're just like... D's here? And then I'm like, he's two buses away from you. And they're like, yeah, we're stopping by. So this is it was really easy the, because... I'll just tell you something. The cell phone thing is so friggin' off the hook. It really is because Nick has got a list of phone call, call numbers of people who are within 100 feet of where he's standing. <laughs> but, for, I mean, in all fairness, you don't know these people from Adam. No. And this is really the only way you can say, let's just start shouting their names out. I mean, at one point, me and Nick are talking on a cell phone. He's standing 10 feet away from me. <laughs> I didn't know it. But I'm like, oh, I got to find Nick. And rather than, you know, you know, ho who's going to walk around and look for him <laughs> backstage? I call his cell phone. Yeah. <laughs> oh, Nick, I can't understand you. You're doubling up. That's because yeah. I'm behind you, you idiot. Yeah. Oh, okay. But I must say that experience was pretty cool to go off with Sean and, you know, just do our thing and uh, go to work there right when we got there. And, uh, I mean, uh, these tour managers were great. I mean, obviously, we were using your name, and I think that had something to do with it. But, um, yeah, I was just you know dialing these numbers blindly and uh they were very responsive so it was it was cool and uh, and all the guys in the bands were awesome they were really uh, nice to us so well that was cd of pants radio right there I mean, oh, we yeah. had no we when well, we had set up you know um you know like i said i know sharon i know ozzy and when we told them we wanted to come down to the show they were i mean sharon loved it I mean, she loved the idea that, you know, D-Sound Radio and Radio 104 were that excited about the OzFest that we were willing, you know, to travel all the way down there to Camden, New Jersey, just to hook up with the show and to see everybody and to interview people and what have you. Uh, so they were more than welcoming. But there's, there's only so much that can be done in advance. I mean, they can get you the passes. They can get you all the parking and all those things taken care of. But then once you get there... You can't you can't call a band two weeks out and say, gee, you know, well, what time can we schedule this during your day? Because every day is different when you're out there on the road. Even the times that the bands play, Beth. I don't know if you know that, but a lot, the, the, most of the bands, except for the headliners, are on a rotating schedule. I know that now. Uh, right. So they what they do is when they get there, they find out what time they're going on. Because they don't want every, you know, basically they're trying to be fair to the smaller bands. So they're not, you know, not, they're not always going on in front of the least people if they're the first ones on that day. You may be the first one on on day one, but day two, you may be the last one of the smaller bands on. So you get to play in front of more people. So it's kind of cool. So it's very unpredictable schedule-wise. So really, we had to just get there and start doing our thing. And who, let's see, who do we, if the first people, I'm not going to get into details, uh, Disturbed. I think that was the first band we talked yep. to, right? Yeah. We talked to David. Anybody? Uh, Draymond. Yep. Draymond from Disturbed. Then right after that, we talked that? to Kobe from uh, Papa Roach. 
Papa Roach, we got who we spoke to before. Yeah, then we talked to a couple of guys from Lincoln Park. Yeah, Lincoln Park came in. And then we talked to a few of the guys from a band that we play a lot on the station here, Union Underground. And then we talked to the guys from uh, Crazy Town. Right. And then uh, later on, you met up with uh, Twiggy. Yeah. Yeah, that was a little, was it, that wasn't quite as, as simple as it sounds. Hmm. No. Uh, <laughs> See, this is the stuff you should be telling people. Well, we'll tell people. Well, we'll tell people. But I was really for the. I haven't seen the guys in in Manson Band in, in just over two years. I guess I was working on Strangeland when the last time I saw those guys out in California. And since then, I have since I got on the show, I've tried to contact them, and Nick's tried to contact them on a number of occasions, and basically get a song and dance. They never blow us off straight out, right? They always tell me, oh, yeah, okay, I'll get the message to Twiggy, or I'll get the message to Manson, their management, and then I don't hear anything back. And when I call back, say, hey, uh, you know, I didn't hear from them. Oh, that was overlooked, D. Okay, we'll take care of it, no problem. And then I never hear from them. And Nick, you've tried to speak to talk to them a number of times as well or get them to call into the show, right? Yeah, I've been calling their tour manager for two years. <laughs> yeah. And, uh, and, and, but you know, they don't say to you, oh, it's not happening. They're always, oh, yeah, yeah, they're yeah, 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 yeah. They're yeah, they're stringing you along. And nothing happens. So we get to the OzFest, and of course, we want to talk to Ozzy, and we want to talk to Manson, and Ozzy, he can barely speak, okay? <laughs> <laughs> and we'll talk about Ozzy in a second, about the surreal moment when you know, our, our, our running with Ozzy in a surreal moment. But, uh, uh, you know, he and he does, like, no press. So I actually hope, I expect to be talking to Sharon Osbourne. I spoke with Sharon. I really, because she's really interesting, Beth. Yeah, I've seen her in Not- interviews. Yeah, I mean, and she's 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 bright. She manages Ozzy. She's been with Ozzy since day one. And you want to know somebody who... Who's got a you know you who's got something to say? I want to talk to Sharon next week, okay? So Sharon uh, is going to hopefully we're supposed to arrange this. She, she did agree. I say hopefully because you know we sat there and said great, you'll call in, you know blah blah blah. Next week you guys are coming to Hartford. It'll be great. We'll we'll talk to you then, and uh, so we'll talk to her then. But Manson, they arrive and Nick is on the phone. How many phone calls did you have? With uh, with Mance's manager, well, road manager. That day, four times before I actually saw him. We physically saw him. Okay. Yeah. And those four phone conversations, what was the nature of those conversations? Uh, basically that they were coming into town, weren't sure what time they were going to get in, and they would um, try to arrange something. Uh, first of all, they said that they weren't doing any interviews, and you told, hey, you know, it's D, man. I mean, you know, he's friends with these guys. Mm-hmm. He's right here, right? So, and then they, he said, okay, let me see what I can do, right? Yeah. Okay. Well, it got a little ugly. <laughs> and I'll tell... <laughs> I mean, I don't know. Did it, did, well, I, I want to get your impression. I never got asked your impression because I didn't think I was being that ugly. But I saw the look on the guy's face. And uh, I said, well, maybe I came off a little stronger than I intended to come off. Yeah, but, dude. Uh, <laughs> yeah. yeah, dude. What? We got <laughs> to do a commercial break. But when we get back, maybe you could 
tell everybody about how you went off on <laughs> Marilyn Manson's tour manager and scared me to death in the process. I didn't go off, but I'll tell you in a second. Also, uh, Beth can tell you. I did go how off. She, <laughs> how much she liked Slipknot as well. Uh, <laughs> Beth was very impressed with Slipknot show. So stick around. We got more of our weekend uh, road trip, I should say, to OzFest Saturday down in Camden, New Jersey. When we return with more D Snyder Radio, it's Radio 104. WMRQ, Waterbury, Hartford. I'm sewing your mouth shut. D Snyder Radio. Oh, what better way to celebrate? On Radio 104. Now back to D Snyder Radio. 666-4444. On Radio 104. Hey, Friday, we're going to get to it finally. The President's Fitness Challenge, Nick versus Sean. <laughs> and uh, good news, guys, there's a chance that we may be able to get Cody up here. Oh, great. So, you know, uh, I, a couple people talked to me over the past couple days about going against this 11-year-old kid. And I am a little nervous because I know your kids are really high-strung. They run around like crazy. <laughs> <laughs> but I don't know. I might have to take him out early. Show no mercy, Nick. Yeah. I yeah, mean, no mercy. He said that when they do the, the sit-ups, the 47 in a minute. Yeah. He said they do hold your feet. Oh, so it's like old school sit-ups? Yeah. Oof. Round up bent legs, you know, bent oh, legs. From the floor up. Uh, if somebody does hold your feet, so that's good. So. Not four to seven. 47. Yeah, 47. Mm. For President's Fitness Challenge. Let's <laughs> see who's in better shape, Nick or Sean. Two losers, no waiting. <laughs> hey, uh, you were talking about, you know, I can't remember we had this discussion about you getting your ass tattooed. Yeah, I was thinking about getting my ass tattooed. I was thinking about getting a tattoo yesterday, but I'll tell you something about tattoos i think once you get one they're pretty addictive that's mm. one reason i was think um i might be against it but uh i really can't find a design because you know people get tattoos are like i don't know i don't know if i'm badass enough to pull off a tattoo dude let me tell you about the one he actually picked out before we left it was like he was saying it was like a, a northwestern type of um what was it an, an alaskan type of tribal design it was really cool it was like a fish like a like yeah. a shark mm -hmm. fish type of thing with red and blue uh colors in it like block colors and stuff it was really tribal looking and i, th I think it would look pretty smooth on you dude I think yeah it'd be pretty cool. I, I did see one that kind of caught my eye on the way out so i'm well, thinking about it did we discuss maybe getting a, something on your ass where you couldn't be seen and, and then the possibility of some phrases yeah. Well, we threw Maybe. that around. I don't think we he ever gave around. it the green light. Yeah. Because Genghis John has a few phrases that you might, right. might consider, okay. you know, tattooing on your ass. Enter at your own risk. Mm -hmm. <laughs> no loitering. <laughs> uh, how about contents packed under pressure? Mm -hmm. <laughs> under 21, not admitted without ID. <laughs> yeah. That's pretty just long. Do it. <laughs> how about just do it? Yeah. I like that. And this is my favorite property of Clear Channel. 
that's my favorite too. I think that may already be there. <laughs> yeah, I think that's. A, that was, says what? Yeah, that was kind of branded on me. <laughs> yeah, I think so. I'm thinking about if I get something on my ass, maybe just like an ID type thing, like my name, like my full name or my social security number <laughs> on my ass. Nicholas Craig Lentino. Yeah, with my social security number, just in case like something happens to me. Right, and they check your ass for ID. <laughs> Sounds like That's a good Go where the wallet is. All right, let's get a traffic update, and I'll, I'll tell you, I didn't think that I... Uh I mean, I. Oh, D. Come right, on. I'll I mean, explain. I know, I know, I, I. I mean, I. I know, I got stern with the guy, but, uh, but it was, it was well, certainly it was cold. Well, it was warranted. I, I don't get me wrong, but I've you've scared me a few times, and you know when you were talking to Manson's uh, tour manager, you scared me. All right, well, traffic, <laughs> and I'll tell you what happened with that. So we went down to Ozfest, decided that we'd uh, do it in style. We uh, took a custom coach down to Camden, New Jersey, to the Tweeter Center down there, figuring anybody can go on over to the Ozfest down the road. You're going to capture some of the, the magic of being on the road, Beth, mm-hmm. by when you head down there. And uh, we, as we said before, we arrived, we set about doing what we got to do because we were down there to get some interviews, get some tape, get some things because all next week on D. Snyder Radio, Radio 104, it's going to be D. Snyder Radio at the OzFest and we're going to be playing these interviews. We got special Sagansi Voss OzFest version and uh, Family Feud, OzFest Family Feud and all kinds of things like that we'll be doing. But anyways, setting up all these interviews and Nick is getting dicked around by Manson's tour manager again. And this is like, for two years now, I've been getting dicked around by these supposed friends of mine. And uh, as as Nick, whenever we try to set something up, they act superficially like, oh yeah, oh, you know, D, of course, we'll see what we can do to hook you up. And then it never happens. Every time we try to set something up with Manson or Twiggy, because, you know, either one's fine with me. I'm friends with both of them. Um... Every time we try to set something up, it never happens. So here we are. We figure we're at the OzFest. We're in the same parking lot. Our buses are a few away from each other. We're backstage in the same area. We'll finally get to hook up and get this, uh, get an interview with these guys. And after four phone calls, what do you get told, Nick? Well, actually, a guy comes comes to the bus, correct? Comes yeah. to our bus. Guy comes to the bus, and I'm thinking we're getting the interview because he's walking over the bus. He said he's going to walk over to set something up. So I'm standing outside our bus, and their bus pulls in behind him, and you know they're four buses away from us. And he says, uh, yeah, Maryland's kind of got a busy schedule where we just got in, uh, but we would love to set something up uh, for next week because they're going to be doing some, Manson's going to be doing some shows in New York, so maybe we could set up a phoner with Twiggy or Marilyn. And I said, oh, no. I said, listen, the guy's 30 feet away right now. D's standing right here. And then, Gosh, I was right in the, bu- how did I get wind of this? What's because that? I kind of came steaming out. Did you come in and tell me that they were blowing it off? or I told you or before I that I had been in contact with them a couple times and nothing was really going on. But then while this conversation was happening, you were standing right next to me. Okay. So then that's when D uh, lays into <laughs> the manager. I, didn't, I, I, I mean, I just at this point, I just flicked the switch and I said, Shut up, right, bitch! 
I didn't yell. I said, said, this is, it's off. This is bull crap. All right, I've had it. And at this point, I've been dicked around too long. And they're not acting like friends. They're clearly not friends. Clearly don't have any respect for me. And they're just dicking me around. F them. I don't need this. That isn't what I said, but that's what I said in my mind. And then I just told the guy that I, I actually don't remember exactly what I told the guy. Well, then, well then the next thing that you said is 10 years from now, uh, those guys will be laying down. No one will know who the hell they are. And you'll be dancing around them. <laughs> and that they aren't even that big now anyway. Yeah. Did I say that? Did yeah. I say that too? Exactly. Yeah. No, but I got it right away from Nick. He ran right over to me. He was so excited. He said, he just went off. I'll be dancing around him. I know it was awesome. And they're not that big now anyway. The guy's face went blank, dead stare, and he ran away. It was awesome. That was awesome, Dick. Thank you for experiences like that because I'll take them to the grave with me. That was awesome. Oh, it was just, it was ridiculous. I mean, the fact of the matter is they even had a double platinum record. They've got a lot of hype. I mean, they sell platinum albums and the last couple albums have not done all that well. It's true. I'm definitely, I'm, I mean, they're definitely a curiosity and they're definitely um, newsworthy and they're def- certainly you love to get a Marilyn Manson or, you know, even Twiggy for them. Actually, maybe most people aren't interested in Twiggy, but I've actually performed with Twiggy. I have a history with Twiggy. Manson I've met on a couple of occasions. So I really want to talk to somebody who I'm friendly with, you know, like uh, more than somebody that, than I, that I've had less contact with. Um, but it was just, we were being dicked around and finally said, Give me a break. You know, just, you know, here's the facts. The facts are, this is your last hope right here, the Oz <laughs> You're trying to reestablish credibility with your audience. And, uh, and, and, you know, you've lost a lot of credibility. And this is bull crap. And you guys aren't acting like friends. And really, 10 years from now, it, we'll see what happens. Let's see what's going on. Okay, so he went scurrying away, and I said, "Forget it. I don't give a crap." That's you know, I mean, I'm willing to go a certain distance, especially since we were friendly. I thought we were friends, and then uh, we go off, and I went off to watch. I don't know who was I watching on stage. One of the bands, Slipknot, I think. No, no maybe no, so no. earlier. Lincoln Park, maybe. Lincoln Park, but we were watching one of the bands. And when I came off, Nick comes up to me and says that apparently they had a change of heart. At that point. And then you had a phone conversation while I was watching one of the other bands. Yeah, I had a phone conversation. He said, listen, we're backstage now. We're in the catering area, which was about 100 yards from where we were from uh, backstage. And uh, he said, listen, D could take... Because we were doing all the interviews across the street on the bus, but he said D could take... Yeah, we had the bus set up like a studio, so it was kind of a cool environment where you're Beth and me and all of us could talk and be conversational in a comfortable environment. I, I hate that interview thing, Beth. You've done it before with the mic back and forth. It's not really good for true conversation. So that's why we wanted that people come on to our bus. Well, he, their tour manager said D could take a portable recorder back into Marilyn's dressing room and talk to Marilyn. And I'm like, oh, this is great. So I go tell D this. <laughs> and then I get a phone call back saying, uh, 10 minutes later saying Twiggy will be ready for D outside the catering area. So Which I was think- fine with me because you know what? I was basically, when you said, I said, okay, but then I'm looking and I'm thinking, you guys are handing me the recorder and I'm thinking of sitting there trying to have a conversation, which I wound up doing with Twiggy anyway. And I said, I don't want to do this. I said, I'm not doing this. And then 
basically they told us that Twiggy was like there outside. So I kind of was like, okay, we, we'll do this. And then I was glad to see Twiggy. So I talked to Twiggy, and that was good. But I'm pissed off because when I asked him, remember I said to him, so we've been trying to talk to you for two years now. And I said, you, did you know that? And he said, at first he said no. And then I said, you see, guys? But then he said, I just found out about you wanting to talk to us today a minute ago. Uh, yeah, I heard you were trying to get in touch with me. So he knew I was trying to get in touch with, me, yep. touch with him. He hasn't gotten back to him. FM. Mm-hmm. F him and F Manson, that scrawny bastard. Well, I think I think Twiggy's all right. I mean, Freaky I'm sure guy. he knew, but something's up with something's up with Manson because I didn't tell you this when we were there, but he was doing Manson was being interviewed by the one radio station that was there, and while I think they did it to kind of, it was weird. Twiggy walked out as you were walking out up front, and then Marilyn came behind and went in his dressing room. So I'm like, what the hell's going on? You you guys would have crossed paths. They, I think he brought Twiggy out front while Marilyn snuck around back into the dressing room. So something's going on. I don't know. I, I think the tour manager might have thrown some, you know, words in there to Marilyn to make uh, uh, something's going on. Something's going on. You got to talk to Manson. You got to talk to him directly. Somehow. Well, when, when I do, you know, they'll deny that he knew anything about it and it was led around and he didn't know. And there's a certain degree of truth, but who the frig knows? I don't care. Uh, we talked to Twiggy. We'll play that interview next week when we do d Snyder Radio at the OzFest because there's the big show coming up. So, finally, the last, <laughs> the most interesting thing, the one band that I was really interested in seeing, and I've seen a lot of the bands, mind you, before, but I had not had a chance to see Slipknot. And I've been hearing a lot about Slipknot. And we actually didn't talk to those guys, but really wasn't, not because we couldn't have. First of all, for all we knew, there's nine of them. They might have been backstage mm-hmm. the whole time, but they wear the masks, so you couldn't, who knows what the hell they look like. Mm-hmm. Right? So who knew that? And so I go up on stage, and I'm watching the show, and I'm enjoying the show. It's a cross between Guar and uh, and Twisted Sister or Kiss or something like that. I don't know. They wear all wear masks. They all wear jumpsuits. They have numbers instead of names. They just make and a racket. That's all they do. It's just a racket. <laughs> <laughs> Wait a minute. Beth, I didn't know Beth was on the other side of the yeah, stage. Yeah, with Sean. Because well, and Nick's part it. of it too, yeah. And, you know, and I'm enjoying because I enjoy anything theatrical. I can't... Musically... It was just a real, on stage, it was just noise. I mean, I really don't, I've heard some of their stuff. This sounds like a dream compared to how they sound live. Is this them? Yeah. This is, this is is downright soothing compared to their stage show. He's kind of singing here. So, and and, and it was really nice because a lot of the guys, the clown and the pig (laughs) and... The guy with the big nose and the guy with the spike head. They all came over and like they saw me inside the stage and they were like coming over and give me a thumbs up and stuff like that, which was very nice. I'd heard they were fans of my old band. Um, so I leave. Not I anymore, back. I don't think, because of me. <laughs> oh, I walk backstage after the show and Beth comes up to me and says. Well, I just sort of said that. It was the stupidest thing I've ever seen and that I 
couldn't believe. Who's buying? What was her exact quote? <laughs> that I wasn't buying what they were selling, that I couldn't believe they no, ever sold said, an who's album. who's buying? <laughs> who's buying what they're selling? I said That's I was exactly. surprised they'd ever sold an album. You were so <laughs> emphatic about it because you're standing there having the conversation with D. I'm backstage. At backstage. Imagine, nobody knows what any of these guys look like because <laughs> it's after they're set because they all wear masks. Yeah, but and they were in the jumpsuit still. You think so? Yeah. It was <laughs> okay. soon after their set that I was having this conversation so with you. You were doing your very best, you know, the head going back. And I don't know who they think's buying what they're selling, but I'm not buying. I can't believe they've sold album one. What a racket. She's going. And I'm going to yeah, I said it was Jesus. the stupidest thing I had ever seen in my life that I thought it was a joke. And if they scared anybody, I would not believe it that I thought they were a joke. Now, to immediately... It's just to my, my opinion. My it's just my opinion. I'm, do you think that I'm their target audience? No. No, not for a second. And the audience was going wild. They were. I mean, so they, in their defense, people seemed to love it. Oh, that was a pit up. The dark, did, it, did Dark say, did you get to see him? No, I was wandering around with Nick and, and Sean during the set. I saw part of it with Nick and Sean, so I don't know where you were. No, well, we were walking back in. No. I don't yeah. know who's buying no. what you're selling. Where the hell was I during I was with Beth. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So was Nick. Yeah. <laughs> no, wait a minute. I, would, no, I might have been a psycho. I don't know. Where the hell was I? I was lost. I was okay. unconscious in the pit. <laughs> Stoned out of my head. Off my Anyway. So I look over to my right, and right like at my shoulder is a guy faced away from us wearing a slipknot hat, slipknot shirt. <laughs> Slipknot backstage <laughs> passes. This guy is slipknotted out. Yeah. And so. And of course, my, I, apparently, you guys say that you think he heard me. Well, to my left, <laughs> sitting down, immediately to my left, right there to my left, I turn, the guy goes, D, it's uh, Lou, and I forgot his last name. What was it? I forgot the guy's last name. He does this show Brutus. called Hard Drive. Lou Brutus. Uh, Lou Brutus. Now, Lou Brutus <laughs> is also known as Lou the tenth knot, <laughs> Brutus, because he is so close with the band Slipknot that they have actually given him a number, yeah. and he may be getting a mask. He's a DJ Oops. who does does a national metal show called Hard Drive, sitting right there, and Beth is going off. <laughs> you feel shame? No, I'm sure he's looking at me, thinking we're doing something right if that's what she thinks. Oh, oh, exactly. So funny. Beth had you know, no idea. Yeah, was completely <laughs> unaware that right behind her there was a guy in a Slipknot hat t-shirt, the whole thing, and your guy to, sitting right there, she had the no idea. Knot. You were so emphatic <laughs> about how much you thought that they sucked. It was so funny. <laughs> but again, I mean, if you're, you're in a Slipknot, you got to realize that it's not for everybody. Like I said, it's not like... Beth was some tattooed bitch with a thong. You go, wait a minute. There's our target audience. She hated us. So, so then, of course, everybody knows who... You, it wasn't like I was just talking to some random person. I was talking to you. So everybody knew that I was giving you an earful about them. So I don't know what they thought, but... Yeah, I'm sitting there going, well, you know, Beth... Everybody has an opinion and different strokes for different folks. <laughs> just get her out of here. She's Point counterpoint. <laughs> <laughs> so the last moment, and like I said, next week we're going to play the interviews, and we've got special edition OzFest, Sagazi, Vaz, and Feud, and Nick Nick went out and did Shame of the OzFest, okay? <laughs> Shame of the OzFest 
and nearly got his ass kicked big time. <laughs> How did that near ass kicking compare to the near ass kicking in Bushnell Park? Oof, um, this guy kept coming back. I mean, the ass kicking in Bushnell Park was just, you know, lasted a second or two, but this guy kept coming back for more. I mean, this guy was drunk off his ass mid. 30s probably just looked like a complete scumbag and uh he wanted to kill me and then nick nads lentino yeah, out there in the crowd thank, doing shame of the oz fest yeah thank god for dark side <laughs> stepping in but then it kind of spilled over and then the guy wanted to kill sean and then he's going at dark side a bit but i was happy dark side was with me mm-hmm. So. so we got some good tape. <laughs> Needless to <laughs> say, good tape for next week's show as well. But our, our final moment of surrealism, by the way, just for the record, Beth is not only the only person who brushed her teeth three times at OzFest <laughs> in that day, but also probably the only person at OzFest who read a book for an hour and a half. Yeah. <laughs> you, don't, you don't know that. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Hey, we were there for like 15 hours. <laughs> um, now I'm, some reading. <laughs> I'm sure, I'm sure. I saw the little Oz, Ozfest library. All the books <laughs> were flying off the shelves over there. They'd set up a special library. But we're sitting backstage. And actually, I didn't see it. Well, I wish you pre- had, D. Well, let me preface this. I, I don't know if I'm ruining it. All right, well, I, I don't know if I'm ruining it by telling because I had heard that Ozzy was doing this now. Somebody told think, us he was doing this, and I didn't believe yes. it. Well, they told us it was Ozzy's, you know, on a fitness kick, and he's skipping rope now. <laughs> I'm like, we mean skipping rope. He's like, you know, he jumps rope. Now, I'm picturing Rocky. You know, that, you know, when he goes crazy at the end and grabs it, starts whipping it around. I'm going, wow, he's skipping rope. He's in great shape. Wow, that's great. We're sitting outside the catering area. They've got like a, a nice kind of open area. And you're sitting there. And I see your guys' faces. And your mouths kind of drop. And you tell me after it's over. I didn't even see it because it was so well, quick. First, I should say that we saw Ozzy one moment earlier in the day. And he was aided by his security guard shuffling backstage. He's, he's not a good walker. Uh, Seems like it takes a great deal of effort for them to get from point A to point B. So, like you said, we're all. I saw him on stage. Um, First, I saw Sharon during Slipknot set on my side of the stage, Sharon Osbourne. Then I turned, and Ozzy was leaning on her affectionately. But now, after conversation with you guys, I think she was she was holding him up. (laughs) So, so we're sitting outside on one of these benches, and D, your back is to where he would exit. So Dave's sitting next to me, and everybody else is sitting around, and we see the door open, and out shuffles Ozzy, and a security guy, and he has his jump rope, and then for like 45 seconds, Mm -hmm. he jumps rope, twice catching it on it, twice catching on his foot, and starting (laughs) over. Was it Rocky-esque, in the, you know, aggressive jump roping? I mean, if Rocky got an inch and a half off the ground, then it was Rocky-esque. <laughs> if he didn't, I wouldn't say it was like Rocky. Yeah. So he finishes his workout. <laughs> 45 seconds! <laughs> That's why we didn't have time to tell you, because it was so surreal. <laughs> then he stops. He is 
panting. <laughs> I mean, panting. <laughs> like a marathoner. Like an Iron Manner. And then he is aided back into the dressing room and the yeah. door shuts and that's the last we see of Ozzy. Yeah. This is so fast that I don't have time to turn around <laughs> because we're talking and then I and I realize like they're not like listen kind of like nods I go, Whoa, what's going on? And they uh, Ozzy's jumping and I turn around and He's gone. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and they tell me, I swear he was just at his skipping <laughs> rope two seconds ago. So this is the new skip ro- rope jumping Ozzy Osbourne. I guess. But I'm, I'm sure that, uh, that he, he's got what he needs for the Black Sabbath show. John from Seymour is on the phone. Dude, you fired up? What's up, D? How's it going? Uh, it's going real good. You guys are going to make it so hard for me to work today. You guys are just firing me up hardcore for OzFest. I can't wait. Oh, good. You'll have a great time. Check out Slipknot. Uh, I'm flashing back to OzFest 99 like a big dog. Yeah. You know, I was at OzFest 99. You know, when, when Beth, don't you think when a Beth Lockwood trashes a Slipknot, mm. it makes someone like you and me more interested in seeing the band? <laughs> I know. I'm sorry she didn't enjoy it, but I can't wait. Slip, I can't wait to see Slipknot. I, like I said, in their defense, the crowd was insane during their set. And it insane. Was, it was freaking me out. Yeah. <laughs> the, 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 the metal is going to get ripped apart. <laughs> yeah, the dust pit up on the lawn was huge. Dark side. John, yeah, next week, we're, all next week, John, we're going to have all the interviews and all the special OzFest stuff. When Disturb was on, Dark Side. Oh my God, dude, the place was blowing up. There was, everywhere there was a pit up on the lawn, there was like mm-hmm. a dust cloud. And the whole lawn was just, it looked like it was on fire. There was just so much dust going on. There was pits starting right in front of the stage. Like about a dozen security guards had to jump in. Disturbed totally, totally blew up the step, man. It was awesome, yeah. Disturbed really gets people going. Anyway, like I said, all next week, we'll give you, you'll be hearing interviews each day. We'll play different interviews. We've had some really good interviews with a lot of the bands. And uh, special edition, Sagas Vas, On the Road. Feud, Shame of the Ozfest, uh, all kinds of good stuff to look forward to. We gotta take a break. We'll come back and it's time for the news. Beth Lockwood, what do you got going on there? Well, how many sausages do you think you can eat in a minute? I'll tell you what the record is, and I don't think it's that crazy. I think that somebody here might be able to break it. Okay. Also, I'll tell you about China and the people who are urging them to take dog off the menu for the Olympics that they're going to have. A woman cooks her cat in the microwave. They may have caught the body fluid throwing bandit in Cincinnati. I'll tell you how they did that. (laughs) Movies from over the weekend. What came in number one? Nicole Kidman questioning the relationship between Tom Cruise and Penelope Cruz. And did she or didn't she? Rumors that Anna Kornikova may have gotten married. No. That slut. (laughs) She's giving it up now. All right. Exactly. All that and more. Stick around for more D Snyder Radio. This is Radio 104. Hello. Welcome to an adventure in better living. D Snyder. If you're here, who's running hell? Radio 104. Ready to roll? Uh, what else do I want to tell you about? Oh, this Friday, got D Snyder Radio Family Feud on the way. So I'm sure you just need to head on over to Radio104.com and answer this week's survey questions at the Peeps poll. So we have a nice sampling. Appreciate that. Head over there. Also, I want to tell you that you can win my CDU. Mine. That's right. My personal CDU. Me and the fam got a, uh, a 
fabulous Sea Doo 2001 GS two seater worth it is seven so grand. Cute. Comes with a trailer and everything. And uh, we've got it for the summer. And all summer long, you can register at three different locations. And on September 6th, we're going to pick one of those names and just haul that thing over to you. It's all yours. And trust me, it don't get beat on. My four-year-old won't let me. <laughs> Stop freaking out. We're barely moving, for God's sakes. It's awesome, though. Powerful, fast. It's great. Uh, you can register to win at Humphreys East in New Haven. Humphreys West in Westbrook, and of course, the place I got it, Land and Sea Marine in Waterbury, and say hi to owners Bob or Phil, they're there, or Bob and Phil, when they're there, register to win my Sea-Doo, don't blow it, and you know, if you go back in repeated times, they're never going to know, it's not like they memorize your face, so you could, you know, I mean, you can't stand there pumping the box, they'll stop that, but you go back multiple times to Land and Sea Marine or Humphreys. Easter or Humphreys West. I'm sure nobody's going to notice. Just stick your name in there again. Go for it. Don't mean nothing. All right. We've got news, but we need some traffic. Psycho Dan, what do you got? All right. Traveling on 84 East now. Just some light traffic between exits 41 and 43, but not too bad after that. 84 West, light traffic coming over the Bulkley Bridge. 91 South is delay-free, as is 91 North. Traveling on Route 2, just a little bit slow getting up to the flyover. 91 South into New Haven is now delay-free. 95 South, still a little bit of steady traffic going from exit 51 up to the Q Bridge. Traveling on Route 8 in Waterbury, it's delay-free. At 846, I'm cycling down with this modern record report on Radio 104. A 66-year-old Stanford man is being charged with trying to sexually assault an 84-year-old woman in a nursing home where both lived. Donald Holmes was arrested yesterday for an incident that happened last month at the Cortland Gardens Nursing and Rehabilitation Center. Was she hot? She was 84. So? No, it's unacceptable. That's uh, that doesn't matter if she's hot or not, eighty four or one hundred eighty four. <laughs> it wasn't if it wasn't consenting. It's right. no go, right, Beth? Exactly. No means no, no matter how old you are. Right. President Bush says there won't be any unilateral U.S. pullout from the Balkans. He's assuring allies that they came to the region together and they'll leave together. In remarks to U.S. troops in Kosovo, Bush praised them for their service and their sacrifices. Overseas. How are they doing over there? Sacrifices? I said he's overseas. Oh, he's overseas. How's he doing? Uh, Varied. He's met with with, uh, lots of different heads of state and the Pope, and there have been some protests. Huge, huge protests. (laughs) Giving out a lot of nicknames. Calls the Pope Big Hat. (laughs) 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 Everybody's everybody's getting, you know, Pope didn't know if he could actually meet with someone named Bush. (laughs) Vow of celibacy. (laughs) Can't have sex. He's got sort of a love fest going on with Putin over there in Russia, but... uh, Wang Dang, Sweet Putin, he calls him. <laughs> He's got nicknames for all, everybody. So Putin Tang. the most original I've heard yet of all of his nicknames. <laughs> but I don't believe you, D. I don't. <laughs> well, Australia is considering changing its laws to help protect tourists who are, as one senior official puts it, quote, too stupid to protect themselves. Who's too stupid? Tourists in Australia. Environmental officials are looking at laws after sightseers climbed aboard a floating dead whale 
to pet great white sharks feeding on the carcass. <laughs> you dumb bastard. Australia's state environmental minister says he's shocked at the disregard the tourists showed for their own safety in the incident. He called their behavior bizarre and shocking. The whale died last week and sharks immediately began devouring the carcass in a feeding frenzy. Boat operators cashed in, ferrying dozens of people to the site for a closer look. Some of those people actually climbed on top of the carcass and began petting the sharks. What the hell is that smell? <laughs> That's the most unbelievable thing I've I, ever heard. You don't even know what to say. They're great white sharks. It's a dead whale, for God's sake. <laughs> These sharks don't know what's the whale and what's not the whale. They're in a frenzy. Oh, they're cute, though. Bad. They're great white With their sharks. pointy little teeth and a little nose and the beady eyes. It was all they're captured lovable. on film, even. I can't even believe this. People are stupid. They are. You know what? I say for people like this, we don't need to pass laws. You can't protect them from themselves. They're too dumb. You and really, do, do you want them producing offspring? They're doing. You got to do. Um, they're doing society a favor mm -hmm. and letting these people get eaten. Really, I mean, you really can't. Don't you shouldn't stop them. Actually, you know, it's but this exists all the time. I'm not making a joke here. The premise, and I'm not going to give it away, but the initial premise, opening scene for uh, Jurassic Park Three is that there's somebody taking uh, people on uh, basically parasailing mm -hmm. over the island where that's going on. Like they pull them behind a boat and they'll float you over the island where Jurassic Park is so you can get close to the dinosaurs. And that's how the movie starts. And I won't go anything from there. But, but, it, it, but And you say, you don't sit there going, oh, that would never happen. Because you know it'll happen. Mm -hmm. People are that stupid. People want to tempt fate. They'll climb on a dead whale just to pet a great white while it's eating. I can't believe that nobody died. Uh, well, anyway, so over in England now, a bride and groom spent their wedding night in different police cells after a fight broke out at their reception. I'm hearing an inordinate amount of stories like this lately as I am leading up to my own wedding. Me it just seems that way. I don't think Maybe. there's more fights going on. It's just that you're more aware of them. Sort of like when you get a new car and then it seems like everybody has your car. Right. And I, and I like to say, I just want to tell you that I did get an email from someone here uh, named Anders in Waterbury who uh, proposes doing something <clears throat> at your wedding which I'm not going to read on the air. I don't want to give anybody any ideas. And he signs his just kidding best wishes. But I'm not going to read your letter, Anders, because it might give somebody who's not quite as bright as you an idea. So, uh, yeah, I mean, you're just hypersensitive right now, Beth. Well, what happened here is that Lee and Tracy Pearson were among five people arrested during the brawl involving 40 guests. Oh. Police had to use pepper spray to break up the disturbance. Awesome! Apparently, it was alleged the two uninvited guests had stolen some CDs, so Mr. Pearson, the groom, confronted them, and then a fight broke out. Dozens of people jumped in. That's when the pepper spray came out. A plain-clothed police officer was involved in the fracas, and then he was assaulted. And everybody ended up in jail, and that's where they spent their wedding night. Bride and groom? Bride and groom. You know, you know what you're doing here? 
you're completely encouraging Dark Side to finally get hitched. <laughs> if that's what a wedding's all about, where does he sign? It's true. <laughs> you know, you know that there's gonna be no problem at your wedding. I know, but no. you know, Dark Sides, no doubt, brawl. <laughs> Probably within the family. It's a family. Oh no! Well, I went to Bob Goldthwaite's wedding. Okay, Bob Goldthwaite, the comedian. Got married. We used to be friendly. I say used to be because we just sort of drifted apart as things will happen. He got kind of weird. Now, if you talk to Bob, you probably say, yeah, I used to be friends with D. He got kind of weird. <laughs> anyway, he got married in San Francisco. He's from upstate New York, I think near Rochester originally. And uh, this is, you know, he's top of his career. And he decides to get married in San Francisco in this old Victorian. He rents it. It's like a, a bed, a B and uh, B and B, mm -hmm. you know, bed and breakfast. Really beautiful. Flies all of his family in. He has a big family, and Bob is a recovered alcoholic. His family are not recovered. <laughs> <laughs> and. We're at the wedding, and there's a number of celebrities there. Whoopi Goldberg's there, and I'm there. And uh, one of my surreal moments is Bob's father with a D-wig on, dancing over to me and halfway through the festivities. <laughs> I'll have that printed in my mind forever. He looked a lot like Mr. Lentino, so you do the, the imagery, Beth. <laughs> and uh, <laughs> this is something you don't want to see. Anyway, Bob... The wedding went on. Bob at the this, I'll just cut to the end with Bob and his bride hiding in my and Suzette's room because his family is downstairs. They cleared the place. They're out of control and they are beating the crap out of each other. <laughs> One brother had knocked another unconscious. He was laying bloody on the floor and Bob is and his bride are cowering, hiding in her room because it is out of control downstairs. So the point I'm making here is that when you've got a Goldthwait family, when you've got a Wallace clan, you've got families like this, this is just inevitable. This is part of it. It's going to happen and you just got to expect it. And when the day comes when Dark Side and Michelle finally do get hitched, if ever, <laughs> since she's not into you so much anymore, no, she don't um, like me. when you do get hitched, we just got to be sure you clear out before the thing gets is over, you know, you gotta like make an excuse why we have to leave like halfway through. Yeah. Like, oh, we've got you know the babysitter, dark side. <laughs> we gotta go. Oh, I understand, I understand. Because by the end of that, light side, dark side, duking it out in the dance floor. <laughs> it's gonna be a whole scene. Oh, I guarantee. If anybody's gonna wind up in jail, it's gonna be you. That's dark a total side. guarantee. When the day comes, <laughs> I guarantee you, I'll put everything I saved up for my entire life savings on the fact that there's gonna be one form of a ruckus or another. <laughs> The whole C-note, right there, <laughs> yeah. everything he saved, everything tucked away, life, life savings. savings. Well, New Zealanders are aiming to create a new world record by eating eight sausages in a minute's time. The sausages measure 10 centimeters long by two centimeters in diameter. So they're not all that big. sausages, Ben? I did say sausages. Okay. <laughs> Wait a minute. That doesn't sound. They're eight in centimeters a, long. The ten centimeters long and two centimeters right. in diameter. They're pre-cooked and eaten cold. It's eight in sixty seconds. 
Contestants will win about $3,000 in this contest being sponsored by a rugby league in, Austra in New Zealand, rather. They think it can be done. The world record is currently held by a Swedish man who ate seven in a minute. I... <laughs> I have to tell you, I don't think that that sounds out of the realm of possibility for say Sean. <laughs> you think you think that it doesn't sound like a lot, but a minute's not very long. I'd probably do that. Eight sausages. That's a lot. <laughs> that's a lot of sausage, Sean. What was that? What no. was that? The dark side. Lardes, I I think you could do it, man. I think you could break the record. I think you could. Bring home the bacon, so to speak, for this night of radio. Ten centimeters? It's not that big. Mm -mm. Uh, well, is that one of the events in the presidential fitness contest <laughs> on Friday? <laughs> it should be. <laughs> how many sit-ups, how many sausages in 60 seconds? Well, just as an aside, anyone who is thinking of trying to break the record, I actually have some competitive eating tips from for you. And these are from uh, world-class hungry man Charles Hardy, who owns several records himself. I'll give you the rundown. Number one, right. don't rush, as when you rush, you tend to get sick more often. Two, okay. keep a steady pace. You have to really pace yourself. You also have to keep in mind that physique has nothing to do with winning eating contests. That's why that skinny Japanese guy always wins that Nathan's hot dog contest. That's right. Here's an important tip you may not know. Eat as much as you can three or four days before the contest. A common rookie mistake is to fast for a couple of days, but that tightens up your stomach. You want to stretch the stomach out. Right. On the day of the contest, however, you want to not eat very much. Just maybe have some tea and some water to stretch out the stomach a little bit. In a hot dog eating contest, they say the toughest part is getting down the bun. The guy who wins all the time from Japan, what he does is he soaks the bun a little bit in water for some lubrication. But they say not too long because soggy bread will make you gag. So there are some tips. Okay, now I got a question. Sean, let me represent you here. Okay, now, um, does he have to put them all in his mouth or can you take a couple in the rear? <laughs> <laughs> Pretty sure they all have to go in his mouth. Dude. How does that represent me? Do it in the butt. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. You get desperate? Don't get that record? I ain't putting anything up my rear. No. Animal lovers want China to ban eating dogs for the Olympics. They want the country to ban the entire practice, at least while the games are on in 2008. This follows a similar protest that led to a ban on foods deemed unsightly during the 1988 Seoul Games in South Korea. St. Bernard apparently is the latest delicacy in China. Now, if they stop eating dogs, does that mean cat is still acceptable? <laughs> I don't have anything about cat here. I think that that's oh, a okay. rumor anyway. <laughs> I don't think they mean eating them like that, dark side. Kentucky Fried Chicken officials are embarrassed after making a simple mistake on game cards, which encourage children to learn geography. The children's quiz cards, which are handed out with their children's meal, ask kids to name the New England states. For the answer, they have Maine, New Hampshire, Massachusetts, Rhode Island, Connecticut, and New York, excluding Vermont and including New York. Wait a minute. New York's not New England? You're kidding Seriously? Me. Seriously, you're count? kidding. No, I, I wasn't sure what the, what the ruling on that was, quite honestly. They're not. We're one of the 13 original states, for God's sake. It doesn't matter. You can't all We're be in the New Northeast. England. Why not? You're in the tri-state area, but you're not in New England. Well, Connecticut's in the tri-state area. 
Yeah, we have the benefit of both. I wasn't. I honestly was never really sure if we were allowed to be considered part of that. Well, okay, it's Maine, New Go Hampshire, ahead. Massachusetts, Go Rhode Island, so, Vermont. So what? We're no man's land. Yeah. Us in New Jersey. Mm -hmm. you, got it, you guys in New England and in Pennsylvania, the sign says where America begins. Right. Well, you guys can say uh, at least we're not New Jersey. With yeah, New Jersey doormat to Pennsylvania. <laughs> Rhode Island that is part of. Yeah, no. come on, you oh guys, you God. live here. I don't know these things. Of course, <laughs> all those states are, but I thought I thought parts of New York were. No. Okay. I'm sorry, maybe you can petition to become one. It's nice in I'm New England. Bummed. I'm bummed. A man in Seattle is alleged to have sent his ex-wife a parcel nail bomb with the note, You are the weakest link. Goodbye. <laughs> The package exploded when the woman opened it, but luckily she suffered only minor burns to her hands. The bomb didn't go off properly, so she wasn't severely injured. The screws and nails didn't explode when the bomb went off. The attached note read, quote, this is all your fault. You are the weakest link. Goodbye. And he's in jail now. If somebody sent me that, yeah, he's been arrested. I probably wouldn't open it. You are the weakest link. Goodbye. So she read the note and then opened the package? Yeah, <laughs> yeah I would take that as a, as a bad omen. It's a hint. Yeah, I mean, this, is, this guy is, yeah, I think he meant to write, you are the stupid, stupid person alive, <laughs> you dumbass. Goodbye. Goodbye. <laughs> hey, that's like the narrow in Casino, Beth. Beth saw Casino on the bus ride down mm -hmm. to Ozfest. Yeah. Yeah, when he doesn't get killed in the explosion because some dumbass. Mm-hmm set the bombs up wrong. That right, the movie. The same guy who did this nail bomb. I think that that movie had more F-words in it than I had heard in my whole 30 years up to that point. That movie had more F-words in it than Ozfest. <laughs> it was close. <laughs> a lot of F-words in Casino. More F-words than Slipknot set were in Casino, I think. <laughs> That's for sure. Well, a woman who cooked the family cat in a microwave has escaped jail time. Nadine Truwin admitted ill-treating Sasha in her home in England. Uh, she became angry with the cat after she was bitten by a flea. She's been sentenced to two years of community service and banned from keeping any animals for five years. The court heard that Truin, who had drunk seven cans of beer and almost two bottles of wine, became angry with the cat when she was bitten by the flea. She put it in the microwave for about a minute and then threw it out the kitchen window and buried it in the backyard. She she said it was a misunderstanding. <laughs> <laughs> well, it was a misunderstanding. She she thought that you know she, she didn't realize that it wasn't even the cat's flea mm -hmm. that bit her. <laughs> I had the same thing almost happened with me with Sean. I got bit by a flea. I thought it was one of Sean's. I was pissed off and then he shoved him in the microwave. <laughs> I got a good mind to slap your fat face. A Cincinnati man has admitted throwing saliva at an undercover police officer. 42-year-old Anthony Searles was charged with criminal mischief and inducing panic. The policewoman had been one of several undercover officers trying to catch the man accused in more than 20 fluid-throwing incidents. The officer was dressed as a businesswoman when Searles flung saliva on her skirt. Now he is facing charges and will have to undergo psychiatric tests. So the sting worked. This the guy that we were talking about in a previous story? There are guys in a couple cities. This is one, and then there was a Pitch Pittsburgh guy, too, and he was, I don't remember what he was doing, but something similar. But this was one of them. 
Yeah, he had all kinds of semen mm -hmm. and urine. urine and all kinds of stuff like that. So what do you think? How can we ask, what is the, what is the excitement in getting your fluid on some woman? Sean. Sean? No, I don't do that. No, I didn't say you If you do had to it, guess. Oh, like, from... figure out what's the appeal in? excited to <laughs> From like, a, I guess from like a sexual nature? I don't know. I mean, it's obviously some loser who can't get anything, so that's the best he's going to get. It's the closest, the only thing of his own that he's going to get on this woman. I see. So, so what you're saying, he's not going to do it in the traditional Right. Method. So, yeah, because he's a loser and he can't get anything. So it's a way of degrading the woman? Or, yeah. Oh, or yeah. Get, or his idea of getting lucky? <laughs> <laughs> Maybe both. <laughs> yeah, I, I would think that it's definitely degrading. Obviously, it's degrading. He probably has something, you know, it's psychological. He has something against women. He's a real sweetheart. <laughs> He's not what well. What do you think, Nick? What do you think is the psychosis involved here in this process? Sure there is. He's just, you know... Spraying his stuff around. That's all. Spraying, uh, like a dog marking a his bit. territory? Yeah, that's all. You know, that's the only thing. That's my day. Exactly. <laughs> Thank you, Dexter. I think that's what he's trying to say. <laughs> <laughs> Movies from over the weekend. Jurassic Park 3, the franchise is still doing well. It made almost $51 million since it opened on Wednesday. Saw it. It was... Um, yeah? It was a little disappointing. It was... It was I, I don't know. You know, we we were psyched for it. We liked the Jurassic Park movies conceptually, and uh, and you know, it was good. I want to say it was bad. Uh, it, it was it was entertaining. Mm -hmm. What have you? It's only ninety minutes, so it really goes by. But I guess it was just maybe I don't know if it's played out or if there was just something lacking. I can't really put my finger on it. Maybe Spudfish can. <laughs> but I, I we were all sat there going, yeah, it was good, mm -hmm. but. And we, we still have talked about it. We still can't figure out what was not there. Anybody else see it this no. weekend? Anybody? Mm -mm. No? Okay. I've never even seen the second one. They're already talking about a number four, though. Number two is America's Sweethearts with $30 million. That's Julia Roberts. Legally Blonde yeah, came in third. Number four was The Score, followed by Cats and Dogs, Fast and the Furious, Scary Movie 2, Dr. Doolittle 2, Final Fantasy, and Kiss of the Dragon. AI is gone out of the top ten. Wow. Mm -hmm. Well, actually, I told, I, actually um, I told you guys on the bus ride down to OzFest, but I saw Legally Blonde. That one was a little bit disappointing, too. I guess, again, I was expecting more out of that one, so it wasn't there. Well, Nicole Kidman is reportedly furious with her soon-to-be ex-husband, Tom Cruise, over his just-revealed romance with Penelope Cruise. As according to People Magazine, Cruise repeatedly denied anything was going on between him and his Vanilla Sky co-star. But a close friend of Nicole Kidman tells People, Nicole was totally in shock. Tom had flat out sworn up and down that there was nothing going on with Penelope Cruz. And all this time, she's been wondering why the marriage ended. And she's speculating that this is why. She's a whore. Oh. Mm -hmm. So she's saying they're thinking that this has been ongoing. This is a new thing. So she's thinking. She's thinking. Well, she's bound to think. It mm -hmm. kind of came out of left field for her. Right. You know, that, that, that divorce. I did not know that. Okay. Well, somebody who is apparently not married is Anna Kornikova. There was word out of England that she had married NHL player Sergei Fedorov in a private ceremony in Moscow. However, her management says that is not true. They won't even justify it with further comment. According to her father, she hasn't even been in Russia since the Kremlin Cup several months ago. So, 20-year-old Anna Kornikova still on the market. <laughs> yeah. 
also, it's a good thing you didn't tie the knot, Dark Side. <laughs> she may come become available to you. Who is this? Wookie? <laughs> oh, what is this thing? <laughs> this Wookie cannot afford me. <laughs> hey, are you going to... I mean, I, I don't mean to... Are you going to talk about George Harrison by any chance? Yeah, actually. Should I, well, no, I talk about him now. Because we're not going to yeah, have another newscast. There was a rumor coming out that he was really, really ill and in really dire circumstances and on death's door. But George Harrison has come out and issued a statement saying... Quote, I'm active and feeling very well. He also went on to say that he's I'm disappointed and disgusted that people think he's on death's door. The report said that producer George Martin, of course, famous Beatles producer George Martin, said that Harrison knows he's going to die soon. Harrison says that's not true. And now Martin says he never even spoke to anyone. So he really wants to clear this up. And he says, yes, he's had treatment for a brain tumor and some cancer in his lung and in his throat. But he's not dead yet. He's well, only 58. He, the good news is that he got a second opinion from Dr. Schwarzenegger. It's a tumor. Oh, that's bad news. Oh, it's bad. <laughs> I said the good news. <laughs> <laughs> did he did he misdiagnose that time? It's not a tumor. Oh, seriously. <laughs> <laughs> well, yeah, you know, I mean, you press people, Beth, you should be ashamed of yourself. Making up stories. George Martin said that he was that it was George Martin said that George said mm -hmm. he was dying. <laughs> I know. It was that's what the quote was. It wasn't that George Martin said, "Oh yeah, George George is dying." He said, "I was with George." George said, "I know I'm going to die soon." Right. So, and now he had to and he said it's been very hurtful to his family. Mm -hmm. It's upsetting. I mean, people freaking out, but he's had like some forms of cancer and tumors and all kinds of, like oh, three different was, times Plus now. he was stabbed. You know, the guys had a tough few, <laughs> few tough times. <laughs> Yankees over Toronto 7-2. Mets and Marlins rained out. Red Sox didn't play. Sunny, hot, humid, mid-90s today. Tonight, cloudy in the 70s. And tomorrow, sunny. Not as hot and humid around 90 for a high. It's already 73 at 9-11. See, it was a misquote. What George actually said was, I am the walrus cuckoo <laughs> And they just took it out of context. And I'm going to die soon. That's it's a tumor. <laughs> Thank you, Doctor. Okay, um, we uh, we don't need Doc B anymore now, now that we have Doctor Schwarzenegger. Just kidding, Doc B. Relax. Okay, we'll always need you, sir. Going to take a break. Come back. We expect to be talking to Pat Denizio from the Smithereens. Who's performing tonight at the Mohican Sun? Showtime, seven p.m. It's a free show, and they start seating people. It opens at five thirty. So you want to get over there? So we're going to talk to him, see what they're up to, and we've got some Rockcats ticket. These night of radio tickets. These night of radio night at the Rockcats is next Thursday night. We're going down three hundred strong, gorilla and in, loud and proud. D. Snyder Radio style, and I've got two four-packs of tickets to give away when we return. So do stick around for more D. Snyder Radio. This is Radio 104. Oh, oh hit the It's too far gone. WMRQ, Waterbury, Hartford. Are you offended? He has a name. You call him by his name. D. Snyder Radio. Got it. Transportation provided by Peter Van Buslin. There's, there's something. Radio 104. We had a uh, breakdown here. Now back.
tell you something. D. Snyder Radio. When we do things, we do them in style. And we like to go out with the peeps. We don't like to just go out with a couple of people, you know. We like to take a bunch of you. And to that end, we're always pushing for as many freaking tickets as we could possibly get. The fact of the matter is, if they would give me thousands, I know I can give them away. No problem, Beth. Definitely. No problem. D-Day, we had a thousand. We could easily have done two, three, four, five thousand peeps to D-Day too. No doubt about it. We had economic limitations. There were limitations. It was what? Six Flags were very generous. You know, but they said a thousand people. That's a lot of people. that they were, And they were cool with that. And uh, Rock Hat said, hey, you guys want to come down to a game? I said, yeah, but we want to bring some people. I said, what, like, you know, 20, 25? No, I'm like, let's give me a few hundred. I said, what about a hundred? I said, no, I got it more than that. I said, what about five or a thousand? They're like, we can't do 500. So we, 300 tickets. That's a lot. And that's how many people are going to be grilling in to Section 205 to check out the New Britain Rockets taking on the New Haven Ravens when D. Snyder Radio Night hits the New Britain Stadium Thursday, August 2nd. And right now, if you call number 10 or 11, not 10 or 10 and 11, each of you will receive a four-pack of tickets. All right, so how cool are you, right? The number is 860-666-4444, by the way. So how cool are you when you call the friend and go, hey, I got free tickets to hang out with D. Snyder Radio. All right, so call now, win the tickets, come to the party. And if you want to join the, the fracas and you're saying, well, what if I don't win tickets? Then buy tickets. We're in section 205. So, you know, 206, 204, we're not going to ignore you. Nobody look at them in 204. They're not with us. Not like that. Not at all. Right, Beth? When we uh, go to see the wolf pack. Yeah, right. No, I'm kidding. Of course not. not. Of course not. Okay. We, we bring people over from the other side of the building. We had signs where we're at the wolf pack. You but know, we're, Keep in mind, what? these things are selling out. So if you really want to go and you're nervous you might not win, I would buy tickets now. Yeah, yeah, the Rockets are in first place, I believe. I was told they were in first place. And listen to this. Klepto Kyle wrote in. said, D, I just went to the new Britain Rockets website, www.rockcats.com. I checked the promotion schedule. It turns out, in addition to D. Snyder Radio Night, August 2nd, it is also Connecticut Lottery Night. And everybody's going to get a back scratcher. What's a back scratcher giveaway? Does he mean a ticket scratcher? I guess. Crypto, what kind of friggin' nutty thing is that? I thought it was a scratcher. It must he be said some kind of a, game. That's back scratcher. A back scratcher giveaway. Is that what that is, Darkseid? Um, What's a, I don't know. It must be a scratcher. If it's Connecticut Lottery Night and there's some kind of scratcher being given away, it's not going to be a back scratcher, is it? I don't know. Maybe it is. <laughs> they still give away back scratchers. <laughs> they make those? Darkseid, if they do, that'd be great. You can stop rubbing your fur against the post. <laughs> <laughs> but it's probably scratchers. Check into that, will you, Sean? Because I think at dark side, I'd be all excited. A free scratcher. Oh, yeah, definitely. Those things. those things are awesome. You'll be mugging people for your scratcher. <laughs> all right. Well, are we ready, my friends? Oh, by the way, Mike from Portland and Herberto from Meriden won the tickets, the four packs. They're coming to the party. But right now, we'd like to welcome to the show. This is a great riff right here. This is badass, okay? 
and as number 38 badass in the top 40 badasses rock and roll of all time, I think I'm entitled to make that, you know, pro- proclamation. This is badass riff right here. Please welcome Pat Denizio from the Smithereens to the show. Hey, Pat, how you doing, man? Hey, D, how are you? I'm doing great, and I really appreciate you getting up early. I know you guys got a show tonight. No, I was I was up early anyway, D. I, I, I go to Chicago for the weekend to visit my seven-year-old daughter. So I just got off the plane, I got in the car, and I'm, uh, I'm happy to speak to you. A good man. Well, of course, I've got to ask the question that's on everybody's mind here at D. Snyder Radio. It's, it's the question that we ask everybody who comes on to the show. The first and most important question, you know, forget the band, forget your career, forget everything else. <laughs> How did Twisted Sister affect your life, Pat? Well, you know, you guys did affect my life because I used to go see you at the Arrow Lounge in Scotch Plains, New Jersey. Get out! Where my cousin, <laughs> Char- my cousin Charlie Buck was the bartender. And, you know, you guys and another pretty face and White Tiger and Trigger and oh our God. band, a bunch of the bands that did the circuit back in the 70s, uh, you guys influenced us and wanted us to start bands. But uh, I was right there. I was about 18, 19. I think they had lowered the drinking age. And we <laughs> no kidding. No, you remember no, that bar, are, right? Oh, absolutely, the Arrow Lounge. Those are good times, man, when you could yeah. get into a bar, 18 drinking age, no photo ID, so 15, 16, you're in there getting <laughs> plowed. Yeah, that was some circuit. It was de- it, I, it'll I, never be the same. But I had a racket, D, because I would get drunk and I could walk home. See, that's beautiful. I, I live right around the corner, so anyway, yeah, you, you guys were an influence for sure. Never drink and drive. Not on uh, the music, per se, but, you know... <laughs> Well, well, but but you guys are, are edgy, you know. When you guys first came yeah. on, and I saw, I saw your look was well, it was kind of um, modern rocky. Yet all of a sudden, I'm seeing these Marshall stacks. Yeah, and you can't say that we didn't spill over into music. Come on, that's pretty well, nasty. You know, you riffs. know what? The stuff I grew up listening to, besides going to see you guys live, was Black Black Sabbath on the Paranoid tour. I hitchhiked all across the tri-state area, and I saw that tour. 15 times, bands like Uriah Heep, Budgie, Deep Purple, when they really were a heavy metal band. So uh, the same what, stuff that I grew up on. Yes, exactly, and that stuff was really, really good stuff. We grew up in a time where you can hear all these great heavy metal giants, but you also had, it coexisted with the glam rock bands like T-Rex and Bowie and Slade and, and uh, things like that, as well as American songwriters like James Taylor and... and uh, you know, uh, that kind of thing. Groups like Bread, the Top 40 sound was still big. There was soul music. There was the sound of Philly. It was a world in which all different genres of music coexisted really nicely on the radio together. And we had those influences, and it affected all of us, I think. You're making a lot of friends here at D-Snyder Radio with this whole lo- with your litany of bands. And, and, and it definitely reflects in your, in your music. You guys are doing the Mohican Sun tonight. I want people to know that. And, and uh, it's a great place to perform, by the way. Yeah. Have you played there before? No, we haven't played. We've done a couple of the casinos uh, in the past two years or so, but we have not played at this one. But the folks have been very, very nice to us. It's far and and yet- we're looking forward to it. Yeah, showtime is 7 o'clock. And, it is, and is it true it's a free show? I'm not certain about that. I think it may well be. If you've, yeah, I, I you haven't have any, heard that myself. It is, yeah. If you've heard it, it's probably true. Yeah, they, it's amazing because they get these great bands coming through, and uh, but they're, they're in a position to offer great bands in a great venue and make it a free show to people, which is amazing. So they, the doors open at five thirty. Somebody told me that you've been involved in politics. 
Yeah, I was the Reform Party candidate for U.S. Senate last year in New Jersey. I ran up against um, John Corzine, who ultimately won by spending $92 million of his own money, and uh, a guy named Bob Franks. And uh, this is before Pat Buchanan came in and hijacked the Reform Party. I, I, I actually disassociated myself from him. But it was about the notion of um, average Americans or average uh, citizens who are concerned about their country and their uh, fellow country folk running for office and not being beholden to corporations or people with large sums of money or special interests and, and trying to do the right thing by other people and getting in and then getting the hell out of after your term is done. And I had been involved in politics from when I was 18. I was actually a Republican party committeeman. I held elected office for two terms, but I, I, I rapidly became disgusted by uh, politics as usual and I quit to start a band. Was, you know? No, wait a minute. Now, you were involved in politics before the smithereens Absol had the success? Absolutely, yeah. That's wild, yeah, actually. Yeah, it, it was something I was interested in. My mom had been involved with it and I was exposed to it and it seemed pretty cool to me at the time and once I got involved, I saw that I saw how much corruption existed, even on a local level and I was just turned off by it, you know, and coming out of that whole idealistic hippie generation. I graduated high school in 73. Uh, it was Right on, brother. You and me both. Hey, it was grotesque, if you remember, to talk about things like money. We were just kind of taught, or it was part and parcel of our generation, to do your thing and not, and to put certain... Uh, now they'd be called spiritual values above the, the almighty dollar. And that's, that's what I came out of. And going into politics, I didn't see a, a hell of a lot of things I liked. And I lasted about two terms, and I was elected, and I, I got out. And I, I thought I could help people uh, more by writing songs that affected lives and, and being in a band. But after a while, uh, I was drawn back into it. Do you think... Uh do you think that something are you discouraged now? I mean, because that that election was bought publicly bought, which is amazing. You know, it was like yeah. it wasn't like it was secretly bought election. That it was a new church. Beth, you remember that mm -hmm. election? The guy spent an incredible amount of money. Well, he was the former CEO of Goldman Sachs and was involved in very questionable stuff. He wouldn't release his tax documents, which which is part and parcel of the election. You have to do it. I had to do it. The Republican guy had to do it. You have to release your financial records. And he said, uh, well, it would compromise his former partner. So he got away with that. He claimed he spent $62 million, but I, I knew his marketing people, and he spent 92 He was buying poor people lobster dinners down in the ghetto. I mean, doing uh, a lot of mm -hmm. bad stuff. And apparently his former firm had been involved in some very shady things. And it just shows you that, you know... Uh, you know, there's a sucker born every day. He sold everybody a bill of goods, and he's got what he wanted, and he disappeared. And, you know, God bless him, whatever you have to do. But uh, I fought a clean campaign. We only got 1% of the vote, but they claim that's significant for a virtual unknown to, to go in there and try to fight it out. But uh, it is discouraging when you see that the whole thing ultimately is about the money. Do you... Uh, are you, you said the word discouraging. Now, as I say, are you, do you think you'll... Do something again? Do you think you'll try and run for office again, or are you completely I, I, just disenchanted? Well, it's funny that you you mentioned that. We we've been working a lot. It's, uh, the Smithereens have had our busiest summer in a few years, and uh, we were just out in uh, Austin, Texas, and Dallas, and also we played the Lodo Fest in Colorado. And and you know we do a lot of corporate dates, a lot of casinos, racetracks, because as you know, the kids who were 18 years old when we were putting our first records out, they're in their 30s now. They've got families. Yeah. They've got jobs, mortgages. Music is not 
as active a part of their life. But if they go to a place where they can take their family or a place where they feel comfortable now that they're older, like a Mohegan son, they'll come out. So, you know, life is a series of adjustments. But getting back to the political thing, uh, someone at the Dallas show approached me who had been one of the early forgers of the Reform Party when it meant something. Uh, right. when, oh, it really mean, when it really did mean something. He was the original treasurer, and uh, he sent me a note backstage and he said when he drove um, east, uh, I forget exactly where, where they formed the party. I think it was, I think it might have been in Connecticut. He drove from Dallas to Connecticut, and he said he brought one tape with him to get him through the drive, and that was the best of the smithereens. And, uh, that must have been feel good. Yeah, he had been, it sure did. He had been the original treasurer. And uh, he approached me about starting a brand new third party movement. And that's, you, you know, maybe that's what was meant to come out of this campaign was to start a, a, a real political party that represents average working class Americans. You know, because you've got the Democrats who are on one hand very, very much to the left, and that's, that's their right. And the Republicans are very far to the right. Who's in the middle? You know, I Nobody, th I think you, that's who, that, that's Pat who. Denizio. Well, I think people like us are really in the middle, and we're working for a living, and there's no one, no one to represent our interests. Dude, most of us are in the middle. That's the majority it. of people are not either to either extreme. We sit here, we just want some people to do things that make sense for the right reasons. And I think that most people just want to be left alone. They want to make a living, they want to be left alone, they want to raise their kids in the way that they see fit. They don't want too much government interference. I think most people want less government in their lives. It's all very simple stuff, D. It's just that it's very hard to get the message out there when uh, when certain people control things. And those people, unfortunately, seem to have all the money and all the power. Uh, but People always know. say, Pat, people say to me, D, what part, what part are you in? I said, I'm in the Rational Thinkers Party. Yeah, and they said, what's that? I said, well, I look at each situation and I make a judgment back to based on the information and the facts, and not based on political who's for it, who's against it, yeah. just based on what's right. You know, and that's what most people do, I think. I, I think that's smart. And, you know, another thing about my, my rock and roll type of campaign, it was different than anything had been staged in that arena for an office like that. And if nothing else came out of it, besides perhaps the formation of a brand new political party with some people that believe in my ideas and what I stand for, and I also believe in what they represent. We had grown men and women coming up to me saying, I've never registered to vote. I've never voted before. I've never taken part in the political and democratic process. And I want to thank you because you explained things to me in a way that was clear. And I want to register and I'm going to vote. Because I would tell people, whether you vote for me or is irrelevant. But just get out there and vote. That's the main thing. And, and you know, New Jersey for years had something like 70% of the people didn't vote. Dave. I mean, it's tragic. Yeah, so it really these, is. These were things that I, I brought forward. And I know people get sick of politics and they get sick of people harping on it and everybody's got an agenda. We are so jaded these days. And again, there's so much mistrust or lack of trust in, in our elected public officials. If we have people, again, who won't take money from corporations, won't take money from people with a lot of money, how can they be influenced in a bad way? They have to respond to the will of the people, and that's what it was about. I didn't mean well, to get but, too political on you, but you brought it up. Well, it was, you know, I mean, it's, but it's interesting, and, you know, and, and here's a person, I mean, we're a rare breed, Pat, intelligent rock and rollers. It's almost like an oxymoron, you know? Uh, weren't you one of the ones uh, who testified uh, regarding that? Yeah. PRC? 
Yeah, I was there there to set at hearings, and I'm the yeah. only one who's still alive. And I'm completely suspicious. I'm watching my back, Pat. Pat Denizio, Smithereens, are playing tonight at the Mohican Sun. It's a free show. Showtime, 7 o'clock. Doors at 5.30. Pat, I'll be watching for you, man. And uh, let us know. You run for office again. Give a call to the show, okay? Thanks, buddy. All right, great talking to you. You too. Good luck to you. Okay. All right, we're going to take a break. We'll be back. I, oh, I know, you know what? I should have asked him if that treasurer of the party, was was he sure it was just the smithereens or maybe it was Stay Hungry and the smithereens best of that he had when he was on, listening? Mm-hmm. I don't know. I wanted to ask him that. All right. Taking a break. Coming back. We've got a bunch of mail i got to take care of and read some stuff. we got What Do We Learn Today on the way. Uh, we'll be giving away another four-pack of Rock Hats uh, tickets. Of course, the big D Snyder Radio night at the Rockcats happening next Thursday night, August 2nd. We'll have more of that to give away as well. So do stick around for more D Snyder Radio. This is Radio 104. What's up, D? It's T. Lee. And this is T. Lowe. From Methods of Mayhem, man. Just saying what's up on Radio 104. So crank it up, baby. D. Snyder Radio. Hi, Pete. Yeah, just chilling in the strange land marination station, kid. D. Snyder Radio 104. Now back to D. Snyder Radio. 30 million people hear what you got to say. That's going to be awesome. As far as the quality of it. We didn't argue with them much. On Radio 104. guy sounds like a smart guy. Yeah, he did, that. didn't he? Yeah. Well, I think it's, you know, it's because you like rock and roll doesn't make you an idiot. No. I mean, Beth, you, who, who better an example than you? You know what I mean? Or you, I mean, Dee Snyder. Well, I think, I think you know, we rockers need to stop playing into that sometime. I don't mean rock stars. I mean rockers. Like Dark Side Dave, for example. Mm-hmm. Clearly an intelligent Man, that's right. But he plays. He dumps mm-hmm. down a lot. Yeah, yeah, he plays yeah. down to his, you know, to you know, to his whatever. Our, our our brain power is not limited by our finances or the music we listen to or the way we dress, you know. And 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 that's for the most part. I found that, you know, yeah, you got a good percentage of really stupid people listening to the music sure but a greater percentage greater are bright and smart and they're lawyers they're doctors they're accountants they're business people they're you know and we grow up to be these people you know and then just it's it's music that's what it's all about anyway uh let's see if i got everything taken care of here Okay. Yes, I do. Whole bunches of new Euro locations, by the way. Please go to our website at Radio104.com. Click on the D-Euro icon. Find one near you. Get one on your vehicle. We have work to do, people. Nothing irks me more than the countless number of of, uh, country bumper stickers I have to look at. Country? Seriously. I can deal with all the other ones, just not those country ones. They really bother me they're really big they're big and they have a jumbo one too it's a jumbo country one that some people got there as the well pickup. so for the pick is that what it's for are you so. guessing that's what i'm guessing because that's what i saw it on mm-hmm. the pickup well what am i wood <laughs> i want a big d euro as well i need help people all right enough of this <laughs> and <laughs> 
Darkseid sent me a message that Sean is actually as stupid as he seems. So smarter you could, than you, Darkseid. Well, I don't know. It all looks right, like you right. fell headlong into a big bucket of bleach. So <laughs> may have on. do you like it, right? Your brain a bit. You were really fired up by that Ozfest experience. That's what you got. Who are you copying? I know this is not an original idea. Who just see? You're clearly said, I want to look like you. Really upset that. I think you all know that. I think was you it discovered Union Underground. You what? discovered that most of the rockers don't have long hair anymore. No, I'm just trying to go for an That's original look. An attention get. See, it looks oh, good, right? You like it? Um, yeah, it looks good. Uh, I know who it was. <laughs> it was the guy from Crazy Town, Trouble. Yeah. That's, That's what it looks like. Yeah, yeah, Trouble's cool. Trouble from Crazy Town. I knew it was somebody. Somebody's <laughs> 10 years old or something? You're, you're 35 years old, dude. Why don't you grow up? Thirty. I'm not thirty-five. And number one, you copy Mr. Rogers for crying out loud. Not so now he talk. doesn't. Oh my God. Okay, enough bickering. Let's oh. not bicker and argue about who copied who. <laughs> um, okay, I've got to have some uh, email I'd like to read. People write to me at Captain Howdy at ClearChannel.com. First off, a thank you going out to PT, who's uh, definitely got our shows back. Let's just say that. She and her three teenage kids are all DSR listeners, okay? They listen to family that listens together. That's what I say. Stays together. Uh, here's somebody who's also got her back. The casket man got in trouble, Beth. Uh-oh. Speaking of D-Euro, he put a sticker on the truck he drives for work. Got yelled at by his boss. Not only that, charged him 50 bucks to take it off correctly at a detailing place. The guy wanted it removed and cleaned up. Got in trouble for, for the show. Thank you going out to Immortal. Big fan of the show as well. Here's a, you want to talk about a fan. Listen to this fan, Wild Bill, right? Subject, I miss you guys. D, last July, I got a new job working in the Danbury Mall. Now, I usually... Had, no, he says, I got a job working. I usually had to open, so I got to listen to D-Sider Radio every morning. A few months ago, I changed jobs... Now I go to work later. I haven't heard the show in a few months. Two days ago, he got the chance to listen to the show for the first time in a few months. He has decided to quit his job and find one that allows him to listen to the show. There should be more of that. We need more of that. It's beautiful. <laughs> if only they'd ask those people what show they're listening to. Uh, Mike, big fan, wrote to the show here. Thank you for your support, Mike. No free tickets to 104 Fest. Sorry, Mike. Um, <laughs> there's so many giveaways here. you got to work those phones, dude. And 25 bands for 25 bucks. Seriously? Seriously? With the prices that people are charging for the shows? Did you see that news item, Beth? That two of the Jacksons have pulled out on the show? Yeah, well, there's a big infighting in the Jackson family. But you know what the main reason is? Top ticket price, $2,500. insanity. They said this is, that's what they said. It's laughable. There's going to be a backlash. This is what's going to cause it. Not only $2,500, they said, first of all, people who are true fans of the band, they couldn't afford that. He says, they're not going to get in there at that price. And he says, and it's embarrassing, no money going to charity. You know, you charge an Mm -hmm. insane price for a special show. At least let's see the money going to charity. So they pulled out of the show. I think it was Tito and Jermaine. No, it wasn't. It was Randy and Jermaine. Randy Jackson. All right. Um, I got a question for you. Nick, get to the bottom of the list. Friday night, Nick, Jenny, and Vinny 
went to the Bare Naked Ladies concert at the Meadows. Upon entering the gate, they went directly to Radio 104 booth to get their hands on some D-Euros. However, when they asked for them, they told that they weren't allowed to give any out. However, you can't, they're not allowed to give out any stickers at the Meadows. Yeah. Uh, anybody. However, because the Meadows oh. is afraid that you'll stick them all over the joint. Oh, okay. Well, there I have my explanation. Yeah. Well, Nick, and they said they were very disappointed. Uh, and they felt they should be aware. That's the rule, apparently, the in-house rule for any stickers. Okay, well, I can kind of understand that a little bit. To Mike from Long Island, thanks, man. Well, thanks. Just had to throw a thanks, man, out there. And Lauren from Windsor, very good story. Went to Canada on some boat, and a whole big party broke out when we're not going to take it. It was blasted. Uh, to Nettie from Orient, Long Island, want to tell you that glad to help. And Pam from Meriden, want to thank you for the heads up. She says that I've never been up to Cape Cod. She says that P-Town is like a great, interesting place to go. Have you been, ever been up that way, Beth? Many, many times. We used to go there every summer when I was a kid. I love the Cape, the whole Cape. Is there a problem in P-Town, Darkside? <laughs> Provincetown is known to be an area where a lot of... I'm homosexual a, people. I'm a homo. Live. I like guys. It's like the capital for homosexuals. Whip out and that makes everything it a bad you place. got and no. do it in it's the butt. It's a great no. town. I love Provincetown. You never knew I that. I found some of those those communities. You know, San Francisco, the West Village. Uh, so many of these places where you know it's like a hotbed of homosexuality are like really interesting places to go. Yeah, I'm the key. Sure, West. you got to explain some things to your kids, <laughs> but uh, other than, but yeah. other than that, you know, it opens their eyes a little bit. <laughs> Any, very, very gay. It seems to me always that any place that is known for that seems to be one of the best places to be. Northampton no is beautiful. Provincetown, Key West, San Francisco, beautiful. the village. Those Hi, places are fella. all How really are you nice. Doing today? Yeah. Yeah. And all the places with the really masculine guys. <laughs> most disgusting, <laughs> pissed on. <laughs> Places you can go. Yeah, but a lot of lot of men, real men oh, are there. School. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> hey, remember I told you I signed a chainsaw? Yeah. Okay, Brian Mankey. Mankey or Mank from Still Inc. Incorporated, the company that makes those chainsaws. He's got it out there doing these he, he like he's a sales guy and he's doing shows. And he's like showing my showing the uh, the chainsaw with my signature on it. So people think it's really cool. Yeah, it's badass. I signed that. Also, two more letters, and then we got to take a break here. Um, first letter comes in from Psycho Shannon. Says, D and Beth, Nick's saying he's worried that some man will come in and kick his ass for being with a woman with a child, His, you know, this man's child. is so ridiculous. First of all, if a woman with a child ever dated Nick, I think that is when the father of the child would kick the mother's ass for her stupidity in choosing such an a-hole. Second, for all single moms, thank, thank you, Nick, for not wanting us. Because you're not the kind of narrow-minded idiot I want to be around or to have my son around. Well, Signed, hook, Psycho Nick. Shannon. Hmm. So. I had nothing to say to her. I mean... Obviously, I wouldn't be dating her, but I gotta still hold to that that the husband's bitter, especially if you have your own son, you know, with some other guy. The chances are, if you run into him, he's gonna kick your ass. You know, you let me tell you something. As a father, if it ever were to happen that Suzette and I were to break up, and I saw that she was going with somebody else, and was with somebody else. 
and I check the guy. I'm definitely checking the guy out. If I see that he's a decent guy that's taking care of my kids, I'm going to be so freaking happy. So all you got to be, Nick, is not a scumbag, and you got no problem. Any dad, because you've got nothing we can do about it, kids are with the mom, will be grateful. We'll be thanking you for being a decent guy who's taking care of my kids when I'm not there. Yeah, so, I, I, I understand what you're saying, but I said, you know, most of, you know, separations and stuff are kind of messy, sticky situations, so I could see it leading to problems. That's all I'm saying. I could see it leading yeah, to problems. Yeah. Okay. Last letter comes from Doc B. Well, the last word. Subject, Doc B takes a beating. And Doc B, could you make use a bigger font? Hey, look at the size of the lettering here. I need a microscope to read this. Dude, you guys sure threw me a beating last week. First D suggested during a news story that my picture should appear on Nick's toilet paper. <laughs> Later in the week, during the feud, Nick suggested that I might have lost my wedding ring up D's ass. <laughs> Don't worry, I can take it. To demonstrate that I have no hard feelings, I am willing to help Nick achieve his desire to have his foreskin replaced. <laughs> Since appearance is the most important consideration, we must get a proper size match donor. This would have been much easier to do had Nick come up with this idea back in November. At that time, Connor was born and would have been the perfect foreskin donor. Sign Doc B. He's funny. <laughs> we threw him a beat. <laughs> All right. It's Captain Howdy at clearchannel.com, people. If you want to write, ask a question, anything. Anything goes. All right. We're taking a break. Coming back. It's time for What Did You Learn Today? On the line, a four-pack of Rockcats tickets. Not just any four-pack. It's for D. Snyder Radio Night at the Rockcats. It's happening next Thursday, August 2nd. That's when me, Beth, Nick, Darkside, Sean, Psycho, Mudbone, and 300 peeps go run. Darkside, will you tell them, please? Oh, we got to find it first. Sorry, I didn't mean to put you on the spot. Well, that's where we go riding into town. A whopping and a whopping. Every living thing that moves within an inch of its life. No. That's really, we just pile into the stadium, making a lot of noise, and have a lot of fun watching the Rockets kick some ass. It's going to be a really exciting game because it's an in-state rivalry, and I'm sure we're going to have some of our peeps from the southern part of the state there cheering on the New Haven Ravens. Whoever it is, we're having fun. All right, call now. Make it good. What do we learn today is next. The number is 860-666-4444. It's D-Sider Radio. It is Radio 104. Whoops, wrong button. Call D now. Setting them on. 666-4444. You know why we D-Sider Radio on Radio 104. Now back to D-Sider Radio. Okay, okay. Just a couple of quick thanks people wrote in, like uh, Mommy Marie and Mushy, mother daughter. Don't get excited, Nick. They like the show. Awesome. Listen to the show and 
James from Shelton, unfortunately, walks works down around and works in Darien. Mm-hmm. Says the signal doesn't really get down there. Even got a booster. Has problems. So uh, they, he says he loses the show and just kills him. Some people are quitting their jobs. How dedicated are you? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. What about that? <laughs> just kidding. You know, and I should talk about this on the air and other times of the show as well, make people aware that we are getting closer to being able to broadcast online again, to stream the show. Mm-hmm. Apparently, Clear Channel has gotten some program that blanks out the commercials, which I'm sure plenty of people would be very happy with listening, although I'm sure they'll fill in those blanks with something. Anyway, uh, but that's in the works, so we're getting very close to being able to stream the uh, show to your computers at work and stuff, which would be kind of cool. But right now, it's time for What Do We Learn Today? And we do have a sponsor, so before we sing, Dark Side Dave, what do you got there? Uh, today's What Do We Learn Today? is sponsored by Denny's. Now get a delicious Grand Slam breakfast for lunch or dinner every day of the week, including weekends for only $2.99, only at participating Denny's for a limited time only. Sing it. What we learn, what we learn, what we learn today. Mike from the Tucks on the phone. Good morning, Mike. Good morning, D. How you doing, man? All right, and yourself? Good. So, uh, what'd you learn today, Mike? I learned that, contrary to popular belief, that it is possible for seven people to be in a close space with Nick and for them not to kill him. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> yes. no one even struck him. I tell you, I was, Mike, I was really worried. And I, I, I got to tell you the truth, though, Mike, I was more worried about Beth. Really? somebody hitting me? No, not hitting you, Beth. Hang on there, Mike. It, no, not hitting you, Beth. It's just that, you know, like taking a five, six-hour trip with a bunch of, it's a kind of a guy thing. Yeah, I or, was cool. You were incredibly cool. And I was, I was thinking maybe we shouldn't bring her. You know, well, that makes me but, feel but, bad when you say that. No, no, but no, but not nothing like negative. It's just like we felt like you know, I felt like us being guys was gonna like make you really uncomfortable and whatever. But you were cool, and you didn't, you weren't, you weren't finicky at all or prissy, and you just relaxed to your credit. Bravo! I didn't tell you that, but bravo! Right, right, dark side. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, I was I was a little nervous, you know, and not that it makes you a bad person. It's like, how many people want to be stuck in a small vehicle? I originally thought it would be a huge bus with, you know, with six men <laughs> for six hours, you know. And the dark side, bravo to you two for holding it in. I know you're having stomach issues. Yeah, I had a little bit of an <laughs> issue. You ate something. What did you eat that was acting up on you? Something. I, I don't know. It was just going... Well, I know for dinner you had a helping of chicken, a helping of salmon, and a helping of steak. Oh, yeah. The I way know, back, me. you were gurgling. Yeah, that's when you were <laughs> oh, gurgling that, Yeah, the way that back. sucked because of all the meat I was eating yeah. at the show. Yeah. But, uh, you yeah. You were gurgling. Oof, when you got out of that party coach, it must have been a party somewhere else. Oh, man. <laughs> you know what? I, I don't want to... Oh, God. I don't even want to tell you. <laughs> I don't want to. I don't want to shock anybody out there, but we actually do like each other, mm-hmm. and you know, we yeah, we goof around and we bust each other's chops. But uh, I mean, I think it's pretty evident that we don't hate each other's guts. So, Beth, mm-hmm. 
What did you learn today? Well, I'll tell you. I learned that. Oh, thanks to my new band. <laughs> I think I've currently killed any kind of relationship the station may ever hope to have with Slipknot. Todd Thomas offered to give Beth his platinum Slipknot disc. I'm the perfect place for it. Um, in my garbage. No, I'm kidding. I know a lot of people like them. They're just not my bag. They're just not, you know? That's okay. Anyhow, what I learned is that just when you think you've heard it all, you hear a story like people climbing in the middle of a great white shark feeding frenzy to pet the sharks. I just, I can't even wrap my mind around that one. for you at that time, I had actually heard that story, so my true stunned you know, response mm-hmm. had already happened in the morning. And the newscaster was saying, it was just as you, like you, was going, can you believe this? How stupid do you have to be to climb on a dead whale to pet a great white while it's eating it? And, and, and in Australia, they're planning on passing laws to help <laughs> to keep these people. Don't pass laws. <laughs> just push off. Drive away. Let them get eaten, for God's sakes. Let me talk to Rick from Waterbury. Rick, good morning. It's D, man. D, what's up? How you doing? So, Rick, what'd you learn today? Well, I learned that the four of you sitting in that studio are morons for thinking that Delato was going to give out back scratchers or ass scratchers, whatever you want to call them, instead of scratch-off tickets. It wasn't me. It was <laughs> come stupid on, guys. Klepto Kyle. Come on. We had up your ITQ. What's it going to come to? A $2 scratch-off? Hey, I think that it would be a clever <laughs> crossover to like, give out back please, scratchers. <laughs> Do you want hold me to on, like Rick. Slipknot? I mean, come on. Hold, hold on, Rick. Well, I read it first. I thought it was Scratcher, that stupid kleptochiral back scratcher. And I'm going, well, I don't want to promote, I, I said, I don't want to promote giving out scratchers if they're giving out back scratchers. But who's going to give out back scratchers? That's the kind of thing you win after you knock down 27 stuffed animals at a carnival. Well, they're not they allowed go, to give out Here's scratch. Your scratcher. Well, here, they might just be giving out back scratchers. You can't give out scratch tickets to people under 18, and a lot of kids go to those things. Is that right? Yeah. That would be that would be illegal, I guess. So we'll find out right. who's dumb on August 2nd. All right, Rick. <laughs> phone number. We're going to find out who's dumb. Sean, get on the computer check that so I can give it back to Rick. Okay. <laughs> Slipknot fan. Dark Side Dave. Yeah. Dance like you've never danced before, Dark Side. So, so what did you learn? Oh, man, I forgot. <laughs> yeah, that's what I learned is I, did, I forgot where I was at Ozfest. I was so lost in the crowd and uh, I didn't even get to see Slipknot. You were so loving it. You were loving life over there at the Oh, man, it was a really good time. I, had so, oh, I was like, I was with the people, mm-hmm. you know? I like totally yeah. just like went in there, went in the crowd, blended in. I occasionally run, run across Nick or Mudbone or something like that, but I had a great time. Well, go in Hartford and then afterward you and I can exchange notes. Absolutely. I just, yeah, I was trying to remember where I was during Slipknot. I think I was waiting at the bus, but I'm not too sure. Well, I mean, you already said you're going to the Ozfest next week, but yeah. you're just going out yeah. in the house and him and Lightside and his buddies are going to be out there in the pit. There yeah. will be oh, the pit. Definitely. Definitely. Yeah. Oh, that's another thing I learned, though, is that i got to start attending more weddings. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Not as bad as you think. Mm. I know. All right, we talked about another brouhaha at a wedding where 40 people were arrested, and the bride and the groom are in prison on their honeymoon night. And then I told the story of 
all hell breaking loose at Bob Goldthwaite's wedding when his family were kicking the crap out of each other. They emptied the place. So, uh, let's talk to Will from Manchester. Good morning, Will. Morning. Hey, uh, in Klepto Kyle's defense, I'm a good friend of his. Uh, it, I went on the uh, Rock Cat website. It does say back scratcher. Hmm. So, wait a minute. Hold on a second. You see, Rick, it says back scratcher. Uh, no, no way they're giving out back scratchers, and you can't give scratch off tickets to younger kids as gifts. So Beth is wrong, because I work in the convenience store and I know. Okay, Ooh, okay. we're going to find out. Oh, hold on a second, you son of a bitch. <laughs> Rick's not a fan Will, of mine. <laughs> we're back to you, Will. <laughs> All right, so it does say back scratcher. We're going to find out who's right. Okay, so, uh, Will, what did you learn today? Well, today I learned that Sean can forget about weightlessness because there's no way he's becoming an astronaut. <laughs> Good stuff. Sean would be the first astronaut who wasn't weightless. <laughs> Everybody's floating around the cabin. Sean's sitting there. I don't feel nothing. <laughs> this thing on? <laughs> Hold on a second. <laughs> Uh, okay. Hey. Oh, Nick. Hi. Hey. Hey. Uh, well, uh, hey. Today I learned something really important. Something that will probably affect my life soon. Uh, Anna Kornikova isn't getting married. Thinking about picking up a racket this afternoon, Beth. Yeah. And I'm gonna practice up a little bit, and then um, I'm gonna call her, and uh, I'm gonna play tennis with her. Let her beat me. And then uh, I'm going to have sex with her. Take her back to your place and let her beat you again. <laughs> yeah, but seriously, someone like that, I feel like I'm glad she's not getting married because of her age and because it's another athlete, especially a hockey player. All hockey players are scumbags. They sleep around and stuff. So, um, I, I, you know, we'll throw this out there that I'm there for her, D. <laughs> she is not getting in your Civic. <laughs> yeah, but maybe you got to throw out the Longmeadow credentials. Yeah. You know, that there's, there's gold down the road. <laughs> maybe not now, but look, just check out. Maybe you could show her the will. That's right. We could actually show her the will. <laughs> so she had that to look forward to, which is kind of nice. Let's talk to Bethany from Winstead. Hey. Good morning, Bethany. Hi. How you doing? All right. So, Bethany, tell me, what did you learn today? I learned that Nick should form his own third political party and his chief environmental platform should be releasing Sean back into the wild. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's good stuff again. Look at that. The number three and four stars both are insulting Sean. Psycho Dan at the helm. He loves a good Sean insult. You can't go wrong, Bethany, with a Sean insult. Hold on a second. Well, I learned that... Um, there are other uh, really bright rockers out there. Pat Denizio, frontman for the Smithereens, are performing at the Mohican Sun tonight. Uh, and I want to thank him for calling in, by the way. Showtime, 7 o'clock. It's a free show, and seating starts at 5.30. Go down there and check him out. But anyway, he's, he's really bright. And, uh, and I, you know, I hope he does it. I'd like to see some rockers in politics, successful rockers. I mean, if Jesse the Body can do it, Certainly a Pat Denizio can. Well, Sean, if you can, read him and weep. What do you do when you see a whale, man? Lardis! Lardis! <laughs> <laughs> All right. 
Mike. Mike from Nagatuck learned that contrary to popular belief, it is possible for seven people to be together in the same space and Nick not to irritate all of us for a long period of time. Rick from Waterbury learned that we're morons for thinking the Connecticut lottery was giving away back scratchers and not scratch tickets. <laughs> Even though they are. Will the, Will the funny man from Manchester learn that Sean can, I could forget about weightlessness because there's no way I'll ever be an astronaut. And Bethany, the real funny girl from Winstead, said that Nick should form his own political party and his political platform should be releasing me back into the wild. Funny bye stuff. Bye-bye, lard stuff. ass. <laughs> 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 Wow. All right. Mm. Mm. Decisions, decisions. What are you thinking, Beth? Well, I think I should take myself out of the running because one of our contestants has a personal issue with me. (laughs) (laughs) Okay. Well, I'm thinking one of the Sean ones, though. All right. Okay, but which I one? like the one about releasing him into the wild. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, that's good stuff, isn't it? It's Bethany. If you yeah. love something, Bethany, set it free. <laughs> <laughs> I can picture Emily and him just leaping over Nick's head over the rock. Well, I don't know about leaping, but... <laughs> leaping over Nick's head and falling and crushing Nick. <laughs> All right, Bethany, you got the four-pack of Rockcats tickets. You're coming to the show with us. We are going to have a good time, and you're going to be there, all right? Yeah. All right, hold on a second, and uh, we'll get all your information. Will, well played. Mike, nicely done. Rick, you were wrong, Uh, but I enjoyed enjoyed dancing with you there for a minute. Um, Tomorrow, we got to get out of here. It's already after 10 o'clock. Will Cow's in next. Thank you again, Pat Denizio from Smith Reigns, for calling in. Tomorrow, brand new On the Road with Mudbone, Sagan Zivas, Psycho Dance Game Show, and MTV's 20th anniversary show is coming up next Wednesday. I'm going, and they sent me this questionnaire I got to fill out, so I figured you guys could help me. And I'll do that tomorrow as well. Also, be sure to go to our website at radio104.com, click on this week's Peeps poll, answer the survey question. Questions for Friday's Family Feud, all right? And I think that just about covers it all. Anything really special going on today? Just all the usual, enjoyable entertainment you've come to know and love from Radio 104 and and, and people like Wilcow, Chaz, and Carlito, okay? Have a great day, everybody. Let's get the hell out of here. See you tomorrow. Radio 104. We'll find